Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You know it's not smart? Betting against the Celtics this year? They're going to be really good. You know what else is a smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. Luckily, there's a smart way at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS rated number one by employers in the U.S. based on Trustpilot rating of hiring sites with at least 1,000 reviews right now. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, SeatGeek, you've heard me say this a million times, the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, and more. For $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event, which includes NFL, college football, basketball, baseball, MLS, you name it, use promo code BS. Download the SeatGeek app or go right to SeatGeek.com. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. The rewatchables, we put it up, Rounders, the 20th anniversary. We did it. It happened. Me and Sean Fantasy, we'd been waiting to do this one for a long time. It's up. People seem to have enjoyed it. Go listen to it. I went to Matt Damon's house this week and we taped the long podcast partly about uh, Rounders. It was inspired by that. We have a lot of good podcasts in the bank right now. Um, we might have to have a four podcast week. Hopefully you can keep up with this stuff. It's just, this is my my kind of year. September, October, November, December, pop culture and basketball and football. I'm just super happy right now. Check out theringer.com. Check out theringer.com slash shop. If you're jealous of uh, the hats and the t-shirts that we wear every once in a while. Coming up, Kevin O'Connor and I are going to recap the post-free agency summer in the NBA and then my old friend Katie Nolan is on to discuss her new show on ESPN and a whole bunch of other stuff. We haven't talked to her in two and a half years, so good to catch up with her. That's all coming up right now. First, Pearl Jam. All right, Katie Nolan coming up in a little bit right now. K-O-F-N-C. <laughs> What's up, Bill? How you doing? Fresh from vacation. We didn't know if we'd see you again. We thought you were just going to be gone. I'm back. Uh, I'm happy to have the time off. It was good to refresh my mind, but I'm here. I'm happy to be back. It's a, it's a grueling NBA season these days. It goes 10 and a half months. You so almost need a sabbatical after it's over. Some years now, it's a 12-month sport. Last yeah. year with the Kyrie trade going into deep August with the Isaiah Thomas injury drama, this year oh, yeah. was a little bit slower because we got Kawhi done early. We want to do a summer check-in. So we have, uh, I think the last time I really talked about NBA was Russell and I did like a giant kind of post-free agency. Here's where everything moved. But then some other pieces shake afterwards. Nothing major, but because we don't have a lot to talk about. Like I felt like Carmelo going to Houston was completely overcovered, including by us, <laughs> but there wasn't a lot going on. So we might as well start there. Um, Carmelo to Houston. Am I wrong thinking that there's a bigger chance that he gets bought out in like March or thrown into a late February deal than there is that he would actually help them and play crunch time for them. Yeah, I, I think I think you're wrong about that. I think the Carmelo backlash ha has been a, maybe a little bit overblown. I mean, granted, last summer the talk was with Oklahoma City he can become Team USA Mellow. We saw yeah. that he just sucked at it. He wasn't good last season. No, um, but it's a new situation in Houston. Um, I'd be curious about seeing him, obviously, in that spot up role when he's sharing the floor with Harden and Paul. 
but also when just one of those guys is on the floor. How does Carmelo operate when he has that spacing, when you're putting a six foot nine guy through pick and roll? I think for Houston, it adds a little bit of diversity to their offense. Yeah. It's a different look that they can throw at, at opponents instead of just relying on all CP, all Harden, all Eric Gordon, guard sized players. Now you have Carmelo who can be a new wrinkle for that team. And I'd be interested to see how D'Antoni uses him. And the other thing, Bill, is that a lot of talk about obviously losing Trevor, Trevor Ariza. That's tough for them. Yes. But they've added some interesting players. You know, Marquise Chris, James Ennis, Michael Carter-Williams, Bruno Cabocla, and Vince Edwards, a rookie, in addition to Carmelo Anthony. All those guys are going to make a combined about $5 million less than Trevor Ariza. So Ariza's the best of those bunch defensively, the most proven. But maybe one of those guys elevates their play in a new system with Houston. Can I give you my counter? Yes. Carmelo's washed. <laughs> we had a whole song about that on the ringer. He's washed. It's over. And he, he very well might be. But for the money. I was trying to find my iPad, which I think I forgot to bop or bring. But I was looking at his stats year by year, like the last four or five. Basketball reference just does not lie. When, when there's a open. certain decline that goes in place for multiple years, <laughs> it doesn't come back. And I remember the first time I really thought about this, I was working on my book and I think it was right around Jermaine O'Neal got traded for maybe Sean Marion, something like that. And people were trying to be like, well, Sean Marion, Jermaine (laughs) O'Neal, new team. We could be. And I was like, Jermaine O'Neal's done. Like his, his stats are going the wrong way for a reason. We never really see it bounce back. Once it hits a certain point, and for him, he he's like fifty percent less productive than he used to be. You know what? That could be true, but for one point six million dollars, that that that's like a very insignificant gamble for the Houston Rockets. A guy who can still have high high output scoring games, a guy who can still pop for you, right? I mean, he can get hot. You as a say shooter. it's insignificant, but he's a former superstar with a huge sure. ego. Yeah, I mean, who I mean, has not shown that he can just be happy being the ninth man on a team, and and that could. Very well be the possibility, but again, only like $1.6 billion for the Houston Rockets for a guy who, like, yeah, he's, I mean, like you said, with the numbers, he has declined every year. So what Um, was he, where was he on the Knicks 2013? He was like 27 a game. Yeah, he was in 2012-13, he averaged 28.7 points per game. That's 27.4, 24.2, 21.8, 22 point four, then 16.2. And granted, that's just points per game. What were the free throw attempts by year since 2013? I'll pull up per, per 100 possession. Um, yeah, it's just a big stink decline. 11, 9.6, 8.7, 8.2, 7.2, 3.8. That's per, that 100, 3.8 that's last per year. 100 possessions. So that just that's a, the thing for me, and that's why I think he's washed. And apologies, Carmelo. I, I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but his whole game was like it was a combination of he could spot up, shoot, pull up jumper, yeah. some threes, especially like on those uh, in the glory years of the Knicks that he had. He was a really good three-point shooter. But he got to the line, and he especially he got to the line in fourth quarters and in big moments. Like he could figure out in traffic how to bounce off people, and he'd either score or get to the line. I don't think he can do that anymore. And I also don't think he he was always kind of an okay rebounder. He was like at seven a game. He was not a liability, but not great. And the rebounding went way down too. And he's basically just a guy who stands there. My thing is, he is he doesn't need to be that anymore. That's why he's on the Rockets for the the amount of money that. But he I is. think I I agree with your arch enemy Chris Vernon because I heard a great mm-hmm. argument with you guys. I think right before you went to vacation, he's like, from that position, they need somebody who did the stuff Trevor Ariza did 
whether it's as good as him or less good than him, whatever, but they, all they need is defense and threes. They don't need, they don't need somebody who like, all right, guys, I got this because they already have two playmakers. Is James Ennis the Trevor Ariza replacement and Carmelo's the Ryan Anderson replacement? I think James Ennis is, is, is going to have really, to be. You know, yeah, but, but, but that's my point. Ryan Anderson didn't play. Yeah, they, you know, they sat him because. So anyway, you, I, I think this is Carmelo, a good though? argument. Car- Carmelo, Carmelo still has scoring ability off the dribble. I mean, maybe you're not going to go to him. Maybe you're but not going to need. Did we see it. it last year? Not a lot. Where was it not last a lot. year? My no. thing is, like, we had a whole year where he was actually yeah. in a pretty good situation in some ways and a terrible situation in other ways, but they'd throw in the ball, he would be open. But last year he was making $26 million. This year he's yeah. making 1.6. Like the, the, the money, the money matters a lot. And like this is my argument with Chris Vernon about Dwight Howard. It's like, yeah, he underperformed because he's making over $20 million the past X amount of years. This year he's making 5.3. Right? It's like it's like it's a Dwight Howard, the Ebola virus? Yes. The Dwight Ebola yes, virus. That, that's Dwight Howard, yeah. Uh, me, me and Chris got into it on Tuesday's spot about that. But um I mean the money matters well, like, see, for the team. I think you're a young guy. And your glass half full optimistic. <laughs> Maybe. Chris and I, we've had some kids. We, we've we seen it all. We're just a little more negative. Maybe. We're a little more glass half empty. I look at Dwight Howard and there was like this 20 second span when it seemed like the Celtics might be interested. I was freaking out. I think if that guy's on your team, it's... You might as well like bring in what was that thing that happened in the Dubai plane <laughs> like Brad when Stevens, everybody was throwing up on the plane? But Brad Stevens has made like Jordan Crawford look good. He he's made every player look better that's the, coming to us. There's something he, about he, Dwight, but Dwight that, Howard. He won it. There's something about Dwight that he manages to turn off like 35 people at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's, look. Well, I mean, the big the big picture fundamental thing for me with Houston is I just don't think they're as good, and I really honestly think they missed their window. Last year it lined up. Mm-hmm perfectly for them in so many ways. They were so hungry. I really liked yeah. their team. I liked how their team matched up against the Warriors. I think they were catching the Warriors at a really nice time. Curry's still a little banged up. Team's a little flat. They'd gone through all these finals. They didn't really have that new energy. And now this year, um, I think the Rockets are worse. The Boogie thing's a great X factor. I was really interested in what Curry said on my podcast with him. Like He, he admitted they were a little stale last year because they just brought everyone back. Now you have Boogie and it's like this new character on the TV <laughs> yeah. show. And uh, I think they missed their window. They probably did. They probably did. They went seven games last year, won 65 games. They had... 65 they, games. They pretty much played as incredibly as they could have, right? With preseason projections, some people loved them, some people hated them. They pretty much did everything they could until that game seven where they had that 0 for 20-ish stretch from three. And the Chris Paul injury, of course. Yeah, and I've heard the argument, well, Chris Paul missed 20 games at a reasonable And I was like, you guys were healthy in Chris, March, Chris, April, May, and June. Isn't Chris Paul pretty much Chris a given Paul for between hurt. 50 to 65 games? That's, but they, like you're happy with that. Right, but they were healthy at the right time. They yeah, were healthy absolutely. for three, three and a half months when no, they no, needed no to No dying, though, worse. We haven't even mentioned Bahamute, who they lost. Right. right. Trevor, it's not just Trevor Oh, that's Ariza. true. You're right. You're right. Yeah. They did They did not have Bahamute yeah. in the yeah. playoffs. That's so they weren't 100% healthy. Yeah. And but now they're going to lose them for the full season. Um, they they need. They but the need, Warriors didn't have Iggy though, so it feels like that for sure probably evens yeah. out, right? They're, they're worse on paper. They yeah. are like I don't think there's any denying that. But I, I'm I'm not quite ready to call them losers of the off season. I, I think you know I'm not either. I just think it was the out, the natural outcome of what was going to happen with that team. Mm-hmm. They for one year were able to stack it with Chris Paul and Harden and all these supporting pieces. They lucked out with PJ Tucker. They got him at a great yep. contract. Tucker's and awesome. 
And then Ariza had to be paid. Suddenly you mm-hmm. can't get the the gift of Ariza at whatever <laughs> price he was at. Phoenix comes in and overpays him. Trevor Ariza was once an overlooked free agent signing too. Yeah. With Houston. So well, may, maybe maybe that's new James Ennis, or maybe history doesn't repeat itself. But uh, I think we... James Ennis yeah. is the X factor for me because when yeah. they signed him, I was like, oh, good one. Like that that's somebody that had, we've never really seen him in good April May basketball, but it seems like he has it's the like credentials. He pops on, you know, from Memphis, right? Yeah, you know, you know, for these like league league pass NBA addicts who watch, like, oh, James Ennis, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's good. A, yeah, the, the yeah. other guy like that that uh, New Orleans just tried to sign was Wallace of the Clippers, mm-hmm. and yeah. I don't know, did I, the I Clippers like match Wallace. that? Yeah, they matched. Yeah, I like See, Wallace. That, that's why, like, he, I would never overpay for backup point guards. I feel like every year there's three Wallaces out so there you, that you, you can just kind of yeah. snatch. Wallace is interesting. I mean, he reminds me of like a like a worse or younger version of Will Barton, like that type of player. Yeah, just he's a, you know does it all good defensively. Yeah, yeah, I like him a lot. Who, other than Atlanta, who who have you already mentally crossed off? <laughs> like crossed off the playoff playoff list. Just or you're like, not even like they're not even on your league pass radar or anything. Oh, um, I mean. So I wouldn't cross off Sacramento because they have intriguing players. Right? The Giles I, Summer League thing was yeah. really fun and and, and you know, a and good wrinkle. You want to see De'Aaron Fox in year two. You want yeah. to see how Marvin Bagley, you know, develops over the course of his rookie season. Hawks, are you really crossing them off though? I mean, don't you want to watch Trey Young? Not really. Really? Not he was really. like your favorite player ever last year though. He was. I, I just... <laughs> I Trey think, can be fun or disaster, and disasters can be fun to watch. It's a bad situation. I don't like when <laughs> rookies are in bad situations. It was like what when... Tatum was on the pod a couple weeks ago talking about how he was probably in one of the greatest situations of all mm-hmm. time for a rookie. Oh, no doubt. You'd go with like James Worthy on the Lakers in 1982 and like McHale coming into the side. Like very rarely does the right player come on the right team and be, and Trey Young is like the opposite of that. They're, he's going to develop a shitload of bad habits. He's just going to be jacking up shots. He's going to make a ton of turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, their expectations combined with Doncic, which is but the next summer storyline I want to talk to. Um, Doncic gained weight. What was going on there? Um, there was some. Yeah, maybe uh, let himself go I mean, a tiny I mean, bit. Uh, there, there were some. There were some, some talk whispers over the course of the summer that maybe he, he gained a little bit of weight over the off season. I wouldn't read into it too much. I mean, like he he just played like a ninety game schedule over like a listen. I have a lot a calendar of, I, year. I'm gonna overreact. Yeah. I have a lot at stake with this trade. I, 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 I went all in. It's, it's just going immediately. Yes. This was one of the big disasters the, of this the was decade. Like early August rumblings. So, okay, so it's the type of thing where by if he's if he's in shape by late September, by mid October when the season actually gets going, that's what matters. I mean, he just played a long, long stretch of games. Yeah, more, but that's more what than any he, he stopped has. exercising and then put on weight. Yeah, I mean, you need to rest your body. I'm, I mean, give him. Is I'm he giving, at the dark room with Biffy Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> Hope he's not at the dark room. With yeah, him. if he's at the dark room, we got to be really concerned. Has Luca been with, at the dark room, Kyle? I, Kyle, stay I, away from Luca Doncic. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. Kyle, you're not allowed to hang I'll out. I'll let the staff him. know not to let him in. We have too much at stake with him. <laughs> we'll get a picture of you him right in the main pillar. Yeah, we'll put good. it right on the pillar, okay. right next to the Bill Simmons sticker. <laughs> so we're so we're okay with uh we're not worried about that. I wouldn't worry too much. But I mean, it was kind of a minor conversation before the draft, and then it's like, oh well, it would have been nice if in August he's like in the best shape of his life. Okay. Uh Devin Booker's broken hand. Oh, that's that sucks. My rule with NBA, when two guys get in a fight, it's always poker or woman. Cards are women, I should say. And if there's a third possible reason, then 
it's going to come out in the actual fight. Otherwise, I'm just assuming cards are women. <laughs> when an he- NBA player breaks their hand, my I I just red flags go shooting out of my body. It's <laughs> first of all really hard to break your hand. Second of all, if you punch somebody when breaking your hand, they're going to try to cover it up as long as possible. <laughs> or you did it doing something completely stupid. There was that Instagram video of him. Yes, riding the bike. like on a unicycle or a bicycle. Yeah. I don't know. He's riding with no no hands on the handlebars, though. And then yeah. broke his hand two, yeah. two hours later. <laughs> and now, so now they're saying, no, no, he, he, he heard it in a pickup game and it's been swelling. And really hard to do that in a pickup game. I'm just going to, as somebody mm-hmm. who played basketball for most of my life, there's really only one situation. We can't jump as high as Devin Booker does, though. The fall's not as hard. Yeah, but if you're going to fall, you hurt your wrist, sure. not your hand. Yeah. So really the only the, way you the can do it. went back to last season, though, to be fair. Like maybe it was, you know, something that had an issue already. And they, Don't defend the Suns, Kevin. I mean, I know. I know I've know. Don't help them cover this up. This is Suns like Chappaquiddick. <laughs> Remember uh, when Rondo broke his hand falling out of the shower? Was That was a true story, right? Was, was that? Was I, that was, I, I forget. Never really believed that one never, either. Okay, that was just an excuse. I it's hard to break your hand. <laughs> you really have to hit something at a it's high gonna, velocity. It's fall at the side, the fifth metatarsal in the hand, whatever, whatever the proper. So we've seen like guys break their finger, break their thumb. Mm-hmm. If you're breaking your hand, there's impact. And the one way we've seen it is if somebody's like, they're going up for a rebound or something, they're swinging their hand out and they just hit somebody in the head. Mm-hmm. And their hand, they have no like strength weight behind it. And it's just, just kind of free falls into somebody's head. Other than that, you basically have to punch something or fall off a unicycle. <laughs> Is that your conspiracy that he that he punched something? Well, he might have I punched mean, somebody in a pickup game. Yeah. Definitely could have. Who knows? My uh, spidey senses are going off KOC. I've been put, around a long time. Put, I'm old. So there's a video of him on a bike. This video on a bike I mean, right before he broke his not, hand. And, and, and he's like holding the phone with the hand, or I don't know if the, the camera was opposite. He might have been holding the phone with his left hand. Yeah. It looked like he was holding with the left. With the right, but that means he was probably holding. Nifty Kyle, you know yes. nothing, but you have a good shit detector with this stuff. It doesn't sound right. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't sound, sound right. right. KOC. Put it this way: it's, it, 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 something's not right because the fact is, is the injury went back to last season, and yet he's having the surgery at the beginning of September, and now it's a six-week recovery, which could mean that it goes into the season, could miss three games, could miss a couple more if it goes seven weeks instead. If it's really a broken hand, it's going to be more than six weeks. Yeah. This is one of those things they throw it out, and it's like it's not going to be six weeks. It takes six weeks to heal, and then he's got to learn how to shoot. It's sore. <laughs> I just went through this with Aaron Judge in my uh, fantasy league. <laughs> he got hit by a pitch, <laughs> and it was like it's a hairline fracture of his wrist. He'll be back in three weeks. And I'm like, Aaron Judge is six seven, yeah. And when he swings, the bat's going like 180 miles an hour. He's not going to be back in three weeks. It's like week seven. He's not back. And, that, and that's that's what's so bad for the Phoenix Suns, right? Adding Trevor Ariza, it's like they, they, it signals they want to be a bit more competitive this year. You know, they're not a playoff team, but make a push, right? You know, an, an effort. It seems like you they know. just want to be professional this year. Uh, yeah. They want to have and, a and, professional and, basketball And Devin team. Booker was a big part of that because with the amount of wings they have, they could space the floor around him, kind of do like their own version of what the Rockets do and put Booker in the Harden role. And maybe it would fail. Maybe it would succeed. I think Booker can, can there's more to his game than we've already seen. I agree. But now, now he doesn't have training camp. Now he doesn't have preseason. Well, they now also needed him to be. They needed him to be the playmaker because mm-hmm. they don't have a point guard. Yeah, which I'm trying one. Just traded Brandon Knight, who yeah. may, don't know what he has. But you know, adding Ryan Anderson was interesting for them. Get a floor spacer. Hold that thought. I want to talk about that trade. 
the Devin Booker, the second part of this is they gave him this massive extension when they didn't have to, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, other than you're just trying to impress your fans or give them something to be excited about. Or keep him have, happy. Keep, or keep him happy, but who cares? He's under contract and you can keep him happy a year from now. He, he can't <laughs> go anywhere. Yeah. So Denver did this with Jokic, which I didn't 100% agree with either because it. the thing is, if the guy can't go – why are you taking care of him early unless there's some sort of cap reason? Like the Covington Philly thing last year was actually, I thought, pretty smart, even though they overpaid. They added the space, they were able to spread it out, and they knocked down his cap figure for this year. If you're not doing that, why do it? Unless it's like Ben Simmons, then I get it. If you're scared the dude's going to leave, I would do it. You seem like you do, you have a look on your face like you disagree. I, I mean, look, Ben Devin Booker is not Ben Simmons in terms of having upside to be at the face of the NBA. Ben Simmons has that type of upside if he develops his jump shot. But Devin Booker, at 21 years old, averaged nearly 25 points per game, and he's improved his scoring efficiency each season. He's diversified his game each season. He's a zero he's, defensively. He's, yeah, a, he's zero. a zero. I mean, we have no evidence whatsoever that he could be the best yeah. player in a good team. You, you, we have you, you zero right. percent evidence. But but he's a spectacular scorer who has not really. He had did a lot all of it on bad teams. All of it on bad teams. People we have said, no idea what it's like if a t if a good team's actually planning to stop him. We'll see. I mean, he's also been the best guy on a bad team where he has uh, absorbed a lot of the defensive attention. We haven't seen him with the flip side of that is we haven't seen them with quality players around him to take the pressure off of him to get him easier looks where he and we had, and we, he might have no idea how to make any of those guys better. I'm just being devil's advocate. Oh, for sure. I have no idea if Devin Booker has a chance to it, be the best guy on a, a good team, much that, less a champion. That's what I want to find out. And unfortunately, we're not going to get to see him in preseason. Well, why not camp. find out for the next year and then give him the contract? I feel pretty now good. Now you're locked into I, this contract with this all offense, no defense guy. I feel pretty good about Devin Booker as a basketball player because of what we've seen so far. I remember and projecting forward. When you were 10 years old, we did a podcast <laughs> right after the Steve Francis, Stephon Marbury oh, signings. And you were like, he's a franchise guy, he's great <laughs> offensively. I know there hasn't been a lot of team success yet. And I was like, I, I don't know, KOC. I never liked Steve Francis. Just I don't saying. know, KOC. I just, I don't like. <laughs> I don't like overpaying offense-only guards before they've shown me that they can actually lead a team to victories is my only thing. I know they have to pay them at some point. I just can Can you show me one more year? Can I see what mm -hmm. you're like as a, as the quote-unquote guy running the team before I'm giving you $30 million a year? That cap is unforgiving. Sure, but I think with Devin Booker, here's, here's my thing. Devin Booker is a guy, I didn't love him in the draft. I viewed him as like a worse version of a Clay Thompson type where like he's not quite an all-time great shooter like Clay, but he can do some of those cool things, you know, off the catch, off screens for you. But what he's turned into is a guy who's really good in the pick and roll, yes. who, can, who can score off the dribble, who can pull up, who can get to the rim, who can draw fouls, who can do a lot of different things for you. He can score in isolations. He can score off screens. He can do so much offensively. And that's just three years removed from his time at Kentucky when he was essentially just an off-ball player who ran how, through screens and How did that Kentucky up. team do? I mean, beside the point, though. you know, Not beside it, the point. It, what, what evidence do we have that he's a winning player is my point. 
I don't we, think this is could, baseball where we just throw in like so many young players though. Uh, but they get drafted good like but they, good yeah, young but players get drafted. I have on the to bad pay this teams. guy thirty million dollars a year. Sure, I I that, need to that, at that point I need to be positive. You're really good. You're not going to not pay Devin Booker though when that time comes. I pay him a year from now. Sure. I I, I, I would still, argue with that. The Marbury Francis era. To me, is still the not red flag. Marbury or Francis. Marbury was great. Marbury, if we had done, if we had done like trade value, that I think I might have even done a trade value that year. He was like one of the top ten guys in the league. For like this guy's on his way, he's going to be a franchise guy. But there was really no, and at least Marbury made the playoffs. He had that run with Amari Stoudemire when they beat San Antonio in one game, and like Booker's never done jack shit at the time, and now he just got hurt on a fucking unicycle. <laughs> At the time, you know, when when you had Marbury top 10 in the trade value column, were there the character issues at that point? Like, well, him? he was like young, work, work ethic and all that. Yeah, he was young. He could get he was the best off the dribble guy in the league, which is what everybody cared about at that point, other than Iverson. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, Kobe, too. So th- yeah, those three. Yeah. But he could just get by anybody and get to the basket. But had no idea how to lead a team, was a very strange guy. And eventually it <laughs> manifested himself. I'm not saying Booker's a strange guy, but. Um, I don't know. I just would like to see more. And I, I, th- I think we've seen a lot. It's just already. weird. Like we've seen a lot. I think we have three years. We've of seen a good fantasy, t- fantasy guy. Yeah. He's a fantastic fantasy player. Now, maybe when they surround him with more quality players, he becomes a real good real life. I'm not player. against it. I could see it. I just, can I see it for a year? It's fair. Can you win more than 22 games? I, I think for the franchise, and Booker had, a, I might be paraphrasing incorrectly here, but I'm pretty sure Booker had a comment about like how he's sick of losing last year. So the case what, for Booker, other than you just want to, you're the sons and you're sad and you just want to <laughs> lock people up. Yeah. Um, the sad sons. <laughs> younger than you think he is, right? Isn't he? 21 years old. He's only turned, 21, so that's on great. October 30th. That's a bonus. Um, fits into the modern NBA, obviously. There's no question. The other players seem to really respect him. Mm-hmm. So those would be the three things. But I think Team from, USA pipeline. From yeah. what from the little whispers I've heard, people were surprised the Suns did this when they did this. And the I time, think the timing's odd. I wouldn't argue that. I just think you do this if it's somebody who can win the MVP someday. You do it if it's Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons, even Carl Anthony Towns. I can see it. But when we move to the Booker side, he can't, he has no leverage anyway. So We'll see. I don't really like. I Phoenix is how many times have they picked in the top four now? They had the Aiton pick, the Josh Jackson pick, Booker. They Bender, lucked out. Uh, uh, Dragon Bender. Dragon. They had four and eight. Yeah, that year they traded up from thirteen with twenty-seven and Bogdanovich to move up to eight to get Marquis. They had Alex Len at five. Yep. Just had a lot of Quite swings, lot. man. Yeah. yeah, they have. And, and it's like, yeah, we're building something. It's like, yeah, you're building something because you've had a shitload of lottery picks. They they undeniably have some nice talent though. I on like the roster. Are we sure Aiton was the right pick? I like I like the pick for them. I think he's a good pit, good fit on paper with Devin Booker. Would Come you on. rather have Jaron Jackson Jr.? No. Would you rather have Wendell Carter? No. Okay. I, I wouldn't move off the pre-drafts evaluation. I, I like Wendell Carter more than even more than I did pre-drafts. I had him ranked fifth. I might bump him up to fourth or keep just he'd be more solid at five. Um, but I wouldn't move Aiton off second behind Luka Doncic. If I was doing a trade value column and I could have DeAndre Aiton at eight million plus a year or Wendell Carter at four million a year, what would you rather have? 
Aiton because the upside factor, okay. right? I, I think with Wendell Carter, he projects more like an Al Horford type, which is a fantastic player, obviously. Yeah. Um, but DeAndre Aiton is one of those guys who could be a dominant two-way big man. Let's take one quick break. Hey, here's a little insider travel secret from our friends at Hotel Tonight. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. Hotel Tonight has partnered with these awesome hotels to help them sell those unsold rooms, which means you get incredible deals. If you love scoring amazing hotel deals, if that's your thing, if that's something you just really enjoy, I would recommend trying Hotel Tonight. They show you a select list of incredible deals at cool hotels they'll think you love. They give you short profiles of each hotel. They're not just for last minute bookings. You can book in advance, spontaneous weekend getaways, three-day weekends, staycations, road trips, business trips, a place for the pool, whatever you want. As you know, I've used Hotel Tonight multiple times. I might have to use it more for now that my son has decided to play travel baseball. My kids are ruining my life on the weekends with sports. That's fine. I have Hotel Tonight. Start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. Go to hoteltonight.com or download the app right now. All right, we're back. I agree with you. I'm not anti-Devin Booker. I, I know there's some terrible sports blogs, but Simmons hates the Booker contract. I don't. I just think uh, they should have waited a year. Of Suns tomorrow morning. Yeah, like, is, that the, is that their bug? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think they should have waited a year. They should have. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't argue that. Okay. I just think the timing is less relevant than the player. They Devin seem Booker. like the He's most fantastic. desperate. You know, every year there's like one or two super desperate teams. They seem like the most desperate this year. I did not like the Ryan Anderson trade. Um, you didn't? I did not. How, how come? Out of curiosity. I don't like when teams help other teams, especially contenders. Like it's one of those, like if you're in a fantasy league and your team, if we're in a fantasy league together and your team sucks every year mm -hmm. and I'm always trying to win money. And then one My of the guys I'm competing sucks, against, Bill. well, let's <laughs> hypothetically, one of the guys I'm competing against trades with you. Mm -hmm. and that trade helps them, and your team sucks, I get mad. Yeah, of course. So yeah. this was one of those where, like, the, the Rockets <laughs> had no chance of trading Ryan Anderson this year, of using that contract for anything. But now they get Brandon Knight back, who's, like, 14-something million dollars a year. That contract you can actually trade. You can sure. flip that for something else. And, you know, in February, if worst-case scenario, Atlanta comes to them and is like, all right, here's Bazemore. You take Bazemore, we'll take Brandon Knight back and give us like a protected first. The Rockets are better. They didn't have the option to do that with the Ryan Anderson thing. So then you look at it from the Sun side, it's like, well, Ryan Anderson, he's going to space the floor for us and be our I'm right be there. three point shooting. That. It's like, for what? So you could go 35 and 47? Yeah. What the Pre fuck are you pretty doing? Much. Pretty much. Yeah, to, to try to improve the winning culture, try to improve their system and create like a, a, a structure for how they want to build moving forward. Great. I, I think, I think, Good look, luck. Brandon Knight, what has he done in the past two seasons? He, to, he's that shows a cap that he figure. Any value. He's not a player. He's a cap figure. I'm just talking sure. cap figure oh, only. And the Ryan Anderson, Ryan Anderson is only a cap figure at this point. If he was a player, people would have been trading for him. You know, and also his cap figure to get lowered in the second year, though, I think to, what was it, 15, 16 million? I got dropped in the second year to a non-guaranteed. Um, yeah, that seemed illegal. NBA has some weird little loopholes. But the NBA, but Houston didn't care about next year because next year he's no. an expiring of course. contract, yeah. which is fine anyway. If it was bigger, they wouldn't care. They cared about this year, and now they're going to be able to get somebody. It was an I, odd trade. It was, it, was it was an odd trade. But, it was just but, weird. 
I, I don't mind it for either side. I think for Houston, you get Brandon Knight, another secondary ball handler who can maybe turn into something resembling what he was in the past. And for Phoenix, maybe Ryan Anderson helps you really create the type of system that you want to build moving forward and lessen the pressure on some of the younger guys by having a solid veteran on the team alongside Trevor Ariza. We've talked about it's, this long enough. Listen, don't ever. Phoenix Suns fans are loving it though. It's don't like, ever, yes. don't ever return Daryl Morris phone calls if he's trying to <laughs> trade with you. Just don't. He's he's targeting whatever the six most desperate teams are every year. Who, who are the guys you don't answer the phone from? Maury, Ainge, those two for well, sure. If Maury's calling me. I know something's up. I'm just like, what's <laughs> up, dude? You want me to come to the Sloan conference? Like, no, actually, I thought maybe there's a yeah. deal we could make. I'm like, sorry, man, I can't. My owner told me I can't trade with you. Ainge, I'm not even answering. Just have his number blocked. And then he'd have like Mike Zarin. Yeah. He'd have all these, his son. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not Austin answering Austin any Ainge Boston calls. Texting, yeah. yeah, I'm not doing anything. Dave Lewis uh, out of the blue. Nah. <laughs> Next topic. Um, I actually think the Celtics are, well, I'll do this quickly because okay. I get too much shit for talking about the Celtics. <laughs> I actually think they're underrated this year. I think they have like high 60 win potential oh, with all the talent they of have. Of course they do. It's weird. They don't have the highest win total over under. They're in a bad conference. Mm-hmm. They're freaking deep as shit. They have the best coach. Um, they probably have the best three-point shooting lineup other than uh, Golden State. They have the most flexibility. Hayward, just people have forgotten that he's good. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Like, it's like he never had a he, career. He, he was underrated in Utah. I voted for him 13 all NBA two years oh, ago. He was amazing. Um, Talk about a do-it-all player. And... I, I really don't think there's any chance Philly is going to be better than them in the regular season. I think Toronto is the one team. If if they can reignite Kawhi yeah. somehow, I that's their competitor. Yeah. I don't if Philly Ka- in the playoffs. I think is a competitor. I don't think no, regular no. season Philly is a competitor. If if Kawhi turns into Kawhi, the last Kawhi we saw at full health, you know, with some of the other things Toronto did, they could they could be a team that pushes for the one seed. But Boston, you know. I'm with you, Bill. It's the truth. Like getting Gordon Hayward back and Kyrie Irving back. And, and it, Marcus Smart and, and Marcus Smart and the development of other guys like Tatum and Jalen Brown. They're going to be a fantastic Their team. Their top year. nine is probably the deepest top nine I think they've had since like going back to like the Russell era. It's actually kind it's of ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, having Rogier as your fourth guard is crazy because like he would be starting for. 10 teams. And next year he probably and Phoenix will be. was trying to trade for him. Mm-hmm. That finally came out, mm-hmm. but we had been hearing about that for I think I think a while. When that uh when Milwaukee made the Eric Bledsoe trade last year, I, I had heard they also inquired about Rozier at the time last year. So no matter where Rozier goes next year, odds are he could be starting for somebody if it's not with the Celtics, of course. When do you think OKC is gonna start their off the ball drills with Westbrook to learn how to like <laughs> uh, kind of move two two or three feet left or right when somebody else has the ball. Hopefully day one. Hopefully day one. That would be fantastic. I, I've been on this for a couple years now, like just depressed des- Westbrook. De- des- desperately hoping, Bill. Desperately. Just move a little. Hoping. It just. I think Russ. We saw glimmers of it in the past with KD. Yeah. Where Russ cuts. You know, he's he's so explosive. He can dunk over anybody. He's a smart player. Yeah. Uh, he's improved as a spot up shooter. I just think you know with their team that they have, it would enhance Russell Westbrook. And if you make Russell Westbrook a more efficient scorer, guess what? Your team gets better too. Um, It's just disappointing that it hasn't happened already. Because I think Billy Donovan wants to run that offense. He did it Florida. And with OKC, it just hasn't worked out because he hasn't been able to install it. I'm in on OKC. I'm looking up their odds right now. 
the uh, the NBA title odds have there it is NBA they, futures. They had a they had a great summer. Championships. Golden State's minus one eighty. Celtics six to one. Rockets ten to one. Lakers eighteen to one. Philly twenty to one. Toronto thirty to one. OKC still forty to one. I would say not a bad sleeper bet. Am I crazy, or are they the second best chance in the West if something weird happens with Golden State? Would you take Houston or OKC right now? Um, probably Houston right now by a little bit. But Chris Paul, year fourteen, mm. scary. He gets hurt every year. James Harden, year eight of. Oh, of, he uh, always gets burned out in the playoffs. The champagne sure. club. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, like I'm, I'm kind of flip flopping right here, but OKC, you know, or you know, we'll see how Brandon Ingram develops with the Lakers as well, and Lonzo too with LeBron. They're there as well. I it, think it's the kind Lakers of like toss up between them. The Lakers, eighteen to eighteen to one. Lakers are underrated right now. Yeah, that it's seems weird. too high. You think it's too high? I think it should be like ten to one. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Eighteen to one seems. I had a good conversation with it's my friend. It's not like Cleveland was a good team last year that LeBron took no to the finals, and if they're, they win game one, who the F knows what's year, happening? Cleveland. No. Just from losing LeBron. Right, there, well, there's yeah. a 7-8 seed yeah, chance seven or eight with them. Yeah, 7-8 seed. And then you get bounced in the first round. Yeah. But, um, you know, with, with OKC and the Lakers, I think both those teams obviously – had tremendous summers, right? OKC, it wasn't just retaining Paul George. It was um, you get back Jeremy Grant. You also add Dennis Schroeder, who I know you're not a big fan of, right? No, but, I'm a big fan I mean, of that trade for okay, them. You though. like the trade for I like them. the okay, trade yeah. for them. I mean, I think Schroeder, he's become a little bit underrated where like in Atlanta, he had to become the scorer. My argument but, with him was I didn't think he was an elite point guard. But I think if he's your third guard, he's kind of overqualified to For do sure. that. Yeah, because he can create his own shot and he can distribute. And and he, I think he's good enough to where it, it it's worth it for us to get moved off ball. And what I, kind of a we'll dick see. was he in Atlanta that, that it just seemed like over and over again, it's like, yeah. well, you know, they need to change their chemistry. Like, what the fuck was he doing? Like, it, it, talking about 9-11 truther videos <laughs> in the locker room? Like, what, what was he up to? <laughs> uh, whatever it is, that's one thing that's going to need to change in Oklahoma City, for sure. Um, well, if this it, trade wasn't a wake-up call for him. It's got to be. He was basically given away. Not not just a wake he up. He was call. literally given away. Not just a wake up call, but an opportunity of a lifetime to go to a contender. To play crunch time. Yeah, to play crunch time minutes alongside Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Stephen Adams and Andre Robertson. Like you know, those last four I just mentioned were one of the best like groups in the league last regular season. Those guys. I heard what to you said healthy. to. I heard what you said to Verno about OKC actually targeted him, and they believe he can play crunch time for them. And I kind of believe it too. My my argument with this trade, which I, I've said before, I'll just quickly say it again, is I think he can swing a playoff game. No like doubt. If they're playing Portland in round two and it's game three and Westbrook's off and Paul George is in foul trouble, he could actually score 15 points in the third quarter and kind of keep them around, a little like what Reggie Jackson used to do for them. And I didn't love Reggie Jackson either, but on that team, he was really useful, that OKC team. So I think he could do that. He's he's a rational confidence. <laughs> he honestly thinks he's one of the best guys in the league. And you kind of need that as a sixth man on that team. Uh, so Westbrook's hard to play with. My favorite type of backup guards are the the spark plugs. Like Rogier. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. You Marcus know, any, Smart. Any like those guys types. are out there. Yeah. I th I think Schroeder is um he's someone who can pop for 30 points for you. He can have one game like that to help swing a game in the regular season, you know, improve your seating, or somebody who can help win a playoff game for you. I, I like Schroeder a lot, and I, I think, you know, $15.5 million by the end of that deal could end up looking like a pretty solid uh, cap figure for him compared to now when it feels like an overpay. 
40 to one seems too high. And the thing is, we haven't talked about it, but the reason to believe in that team is their defense. Oh, no doubt. And I think they're more flexible than they were last year. But that's the, if you think about last year, Houston almost beat Golden State because of their defense. It was not because of their offense. It was because of their defense and threes. OKC could be this year's version of that, where they just make it really hard for Golden State to do stuff. The Celtics over under, by the way, what do you think it is? This is what Vegas says. Was it like 58 or something like that? Yeah, 58 and a half. 58 and a half, wow. That feels too low. Vegas really doesn't think the Celtics are going to win 60 games in the East? It feels too low. I I thought it should have been around like 62 and a half. That's what Golden State is. Golden State's like 62, 63. I think it should have been right on the But Golden State should be low because they just take games off. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if the Celtics team's going to take a lot of games off. Especially rejuvenated with Hayward and Irving back. Yeah, they want to guys. Kyrie's in a contract here. Mm -hmm. Kyrie's apparently looking great. Um, last thing before we go, Philly, no GM yet. Pretty odd. No GM. Whole summer, nothing. Weird. Do you think they need to add one right now? Do they? Uh, is it a rush or or who, who do I just, call if I'm another team? Hmm. Who am I calling? The, Brett Brown. The, the weird stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've heard like some people, uh, like an agent told me, like, I think this is like in late July or something. He's like, I'm not sure who to talk to about certain things right now. Before it was always Brian Colangelo. Now it's, I don't know. That team got worse. That team, the March, April, May Philly team that we saw that really probably should have beaten Boston and just kind of wasn't ready to do it. But that team that had the winning streak, all that stuff, it partially happened because their bench was so good. Yeah. And the bellinelli Sova combo really kind of, and then Ben kind of took off. He obviously had a bad (laughs) round too, but there was a depth that they had that, Unless Fultz comes through, they don't have the depth this year. They didn't add anybody. They added Wilson Chandler. That was it. Yeah. You know, and like Mikhail Bridges, when they initially drafted him, he was thought of as a rookie who could contribute early, but then they flipped him for Zaire Smith, of course, who's who, probably not going to be a guy who contributes early. Well, he got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt, and he's just not I think at he's, that stage yet. I yeah, but he's, we, he's not we, ready. we weren't counting on him this year as being like a reliable contributor, and then now it looks like he might miss the season anyway. I just well, don't think they have the same He'll be depth. back at some point, I think. Um, maybe, back maybe, like maybe all-star late. break yeah, range. Yeah, maybe yeah. late. Uh, I, I wouldn't underrate the the Jonah Bolden ad. Granted, he's just a backup big behind Embiid. Um, but Jonah Bolden's an interesting player who can space the floor for you, versatile defensively. Uh, I like Bolden a lot. I, I know me and Sharks and Danny Chow all had him ranked pretty highly in the 2017 draft guide. Uh, it, it'll. I think he could be a little bit overlooked for Philly's bench. Well, I didn't realize they had Jonah Bolden. I'm going to completely yeah, I mean, yeah, change that, my that, mind. That, I, mean, I mean, that's like a deep cut right Totally here. forgot. Yeah, that's a deep cut. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, like, it's the same thing as last year. Embiid. Who the hell is Jonah Bolden? <laughs> I like it. He might have to play next year. Um, Embiid, they need 70 games? Yeah, I mean that. That's to me twenty two hundred minutes. Mm, I mean, no, no. He could have had the healthiest season of his career. And I hope not. I hope he has healthier seasons. But you know, can't can't forget the injury concerns. He played like sixty games last year. Probably played like eighteen hundred minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. Seventeen hundred minutes. Mm-hmm. For them to be a top four team in the East, I think he's got to play seventy games and twenty two hundred minutes. So you're talking top four in the East, even so top like, four in the East, like behind Boston, Toronto, Indiana. In Milwaukee, so like fifth, five, like if in, obviously, if but the thing healthy. is, all of those yeah. teams are in flux, right? For Toronto, sure. if Kawhi doesn't come through, mm-hmm. toss them out. Um, Indiana, I don't, I didn't love their summer as much as other people did. Really, I liked it. 
Tyreek Evans. I know. I'm, ball I just, handler, Doug McDermott, a shooter. I mean, I don't you know. like Tyreek and Victor Oladipo together. I don't Do think they that clash, works. You think? I just don't. I think they're too similar. Um, I could see that McDermott like, you know, for what they paid seemed high. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I really want. I really thought they should assign Marcus. I think they I, went. I think they went down the list of like shooters on the market. Like JJ Redick, nope, didn't get him. Joe Harris, up, oh, didn't get him. Doug McDermott, okay, guess we can get him. But they were kind of operating in the supporting actor thing, and I actually thought they needed like a like a blue chipper guy who could play crunch mm -hmm. time for them. Like they needed one more. I don't like Darren Carlson. I wanted them to get another guard, and I thought Marcus was the perfect guy for them. I would have overpaid for him. What if it is Tyreek Evans though? Tyreek was really good. In crunch time. I'm not saying he'll replicate what he did last season on a bad team, like you know, with the Grizzlies. Well, it was last season a fluke that it, came it out of nowhere. It easily could have been a fluke. It was, it was the, so it was, weird. It was, it was, was a four-month stretch of awesomeness. Best season since his rookie year. I wanted which the was Celtics like to get 10 him. years ago. Yeah. I'm still surprised Memphis didn't trade him at the deadline. If you were running something. Indiana, would you have overpaid for Marcus? Um, 60 for four, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I was going to wonder what's the number. 60 for four? Because basically, that's not your much more than what he got, right? He got well. He ended up with like four for fifty, something like that. Yeah, I, I think. Maybe, what if Boston matches that? Do they make a match? It that's good. You hurt Boston. That's what I don't get yeah. with these teams. You're hurting the Celtics. They've now overpaid for somebody they like. I mean, I love Marcus Smart. Would you rather have Tyreek and Doug McDermott or Marcus Smart for this season? I think Dore is Tyreek and Doug McDermott. Door B is Marcus Smart. I think you said for this season. For this season. Tyreek and Doug McDermott for Indiana. I'd rather Marcus Smart. I think. Does Marcus get worse all I in care about is All I care about is a situation like that Cleveland game, game four. I need five guys in the last five minutes. Who are my five? They didn't have five. They had four. Marcus, I know, can be in that game. So now I have him. I have Oladipo. I have Miles Turner. I have Bogdanovich. And who's my fifth? Who'd you not say? So bonus? Did you, did you say name? Thad Young. Thad Young. Okay, yeah. So, so I, I have those yeah. five. Yeah. I'm okay. I feel like I can maybe some but bonus. I now a, I have six guys that I know I can count on. Here's at the least thing, though. Okay. In a, Marcus Smart with Brad Stevens, one of the best coaches in the league, if not the best. Even with Boston, Marcus Smart still takes these wild shots and makes crazy decisions on the court that make you pull your hair out, that make your blood pressure rise. What happens in a new situation? Does that get worse? It very well might. That would be my fear if I'm any of the other 29 teams, that Marcus Smart on my team is going to do even more insane things than he already does on Boston. And granted, like you live with that when you're the Celtics because of the fact that everything else he does as a passer – at, 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 he's very underrated as a passer, leadership as a defender, leadership, between the crowd, right? All those things, you know, intercepting passes, deflecting passes, blocking shots at the rim. He is an unbelievable defensive player, one of the best in the league. So you live with it. But if the offense gets worse in a new situation, maybe it gets to a point where it's like, eh, maybe the Can defense make the counter? Worth it. Sure. Is there a better defensive backcourt in the league or maybe in the last 10 years than Old Depot and Marcus Smart? Probably not. I mean, it's, Can you it, think it's of right up there. Can you think of three other crowds other than Boston that Marcus would click with like he would with Indiana? They, they would embrace him for sure. Those fans, that the way they built that arena, the fans are right on top of the court. <laughs> I think Marcus would have – I just think and – he, and he's a proven playoff guy, which is what they need. I just – I don't know what I'm getting with Tyreek. And, and as a Celtic fan – 
I'm glad that that's what they ended up doing. I so really think it would have been bad if now, they had signed Marcus. We're talking about tradable contracts. Now Marcus becomes that guy. Either he's a keeper for you at a fair price, or he's the guy you use in, the, in a deal to get the next guy. Or him or Roger. I, I just no. don't feel like in March, one of those two is not on the team. Right. In, unless Boston is thinking like, well, what if Kyrie leaves? What if what if worst case Kyrie's scenario not happens? Leaving. Then, I'm, I'm, I'm so just tired saying of reading you know, this. Like there's a, there's Why a would Kyrie like, leave? He's got this there, is the best possible team to be on a from a talent standpoint. He's not leaving. I don't think he's leaving either. It's crazy but for it's him a, to leave. It's, a, it's not a guarantee though. So Rozier could be considered insurance. The for question for event. me is does Boston secretly want him to leave? Hmm. I don't think so. Seems, Let's say he gets hurt silly. again. Sure, yeah. I Let's mean, say in December he hurt. He hurt. He has yet another knee oh, injury. Then see you later, maybe. You know? No, and he comes back, it. but it's like his knee's eighty percent again, and now we're heading into free agency. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, and if Rozier makes improvements, then maybe you're you're thinking about it, similar to the Isaiah Thomas summer, where it's like, yeah, you know, we like you a lot, but we don't really want to pay you. Right? People maybe keep saying like like Kyrie. Well, what if he leaves? It's like, well, what if Boston wants him to leave because. They can't afford to pay somebody 25, 26, 27 million a year if they're not 100% convinced he's healthy. You don't want Kyrie to leave. It's only if like this worst case scenario presents itself. If you just feel like he can't stay healthy, you're not investing in him because you have Jalen Brown and Tatum coming. And the way they have staggered the contracts, Horford's got um, two years left. He expires. Now you pay Jalen Brown. And then a year later, Hayward expires. And then you pay Tatum. And they've mapped this whole thing out. And then those guys can come back unless their salaries. Kyrie is the X factor. You don't want Kyrie to leave, though. He's like 26 I, years old. I just old. said I don't yeah, want I, him I, to I, leave. I, I know. I'm just saying. Like, I'm, I don't but, want like, him to leave. You don't, you don't see And I don't think he's I, leaving. I, I, I don't either. I think he has to prove that he can make it physically through a season. But even if it's like Chris Paul type of 65-ish games, you're cool with that. As long as he's healthy in the playoffs. How many knee injuries is he? He already has proven he can stay healthy in the playoffs. He helped win a friggin' finals for the Cavs. I'm with that. I'm. I just. He said three. three moving forward. Yeah. He said three knee injuries. Oh, now, there's, right. There's no doubt the knee's scary. He had broken kneecap. He had the injury last year. So and then he the had the thing things. at Duke. Mm-hmm. So he said that, that three. Was a, that was a foot injury. If foot I injury. Yeah. So he said three yeah, right? leg injuries. But it, yeah, put it this way: there's been knee trouble. And he's 26. Yeah, it was a right toe injury at Duke. And you missed yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, after after eight games. What else has what other injuries has he had? Now I'm now I'm starting to freak out. I mean, I'm 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 always a a worry wot when it comes to injuries. I think like, guard, I, like I guards who have been Stapps. injured a few times make me nervous. Guards and big guys. But he's at least had two knees. All right. My point is if they're gonna invest $180 million in him, I think he has to have a healthy season. And if he can't stay healthy, I think they are going to blink. I'm not saying they won't re-sign him, but I think it'll give it, them pause. It's the type of thing that you kind of have to do it. Kind of have to bring him back. You, you, you don't want to screw around with that because of his talent level. Unless the injury is serious. And like we're just talking in hypotheticals here. If he has another pretty <laughs> severe injury, that now it's like turning into like a Blake Griffin Clippers thing where you're like, man, he's had this, 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 and this already. I don't know. Clippers managed to trade Blake. True. You know, I mean, maybe <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe that's, the, maybe that's the play is like you resign him. And then six months later, you're then, then you, you're free to do it. Here's where you want. I want to end on this. 
I think Kyrie is going to be healthy this season, and I think he's going to kick ass, and I think he's going to stay in Boston. And the Celtics going to win the title this year? I think they have a very good team. I think they could compete for one. I, I think, think Golden State is the best team. I, I think, think Golden so State, this is one of the best teams of all time, yeah. and picking against them for any reason is foolish. It would be silly. You're, 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 to pick against Golden State, you're, you're projecting an injury for them, which could happen. That could happen to anybody. I, um, like, the, I like adding Boogie to everything they have. It's a, it's a new 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 dimension to their team. They can, they can play with it's size. It's just like now. a fun random dude mm -hmm. and if it doesn't work out you just get rid of him. All this talk about, you know, small ball is obviously important in today's NBA, but now suddenly the team that really really accelerated small ball with the, you know, Draymond at the 5, even KD at the 5. Now they have DeMarcus Cousins who last we saw him healthy was one of the best big men in basketball. It's fascinating. What's your favorite collectible possession? Oh, for that you have. Oh, like a guitar? Oh. oh, definitely a guitar. Basketball card? Definitely a guitar. Would you bet your guitar that Kyrie Irving can play 90 games this year? <laughs> uh, uh, so we're talking including playoffs, of yeah. course. So this 90 is games. Can run. you get to 90? Would you bet your guitar on this? I'm just doing math in my head. So like six, four game series. So like round, 74 six. regular season games. It's way more complicated games, than it has to be. 74 regular <laughs> season games in like 16 to 20. Yeah. All right, Kevin O'Connor just bet his guitar. I'll, you heard I'll, it here first. I'll bet bet my uh, my my worst. And guitar. Kyle, <laughs> stop going in the green room to the dark room with Luca Doncic. This <laughs> bullshit. Leave this guy yeah, alone. Yeah. Leave Luca alone. <laughs> you can listen to KOC on the uh, Ringer NBA show every Tuesday, or is it Wednesday during the every off Tuesday. season? Every Tuesday with Verno. Mm -hmm. And then Fridays, I haven't even told you this. We're figuring out something for Fridays. I have like a, a non-draft party. I have like an email pre-typed to you that I was going to send this morning. I think it just might be hey. you, Danny, and Sharks on Fridays. I'll, I'll, uh, Would I'll you like, enjoy that? Yeah, I'll um, I'll show you the email. Let's let America decide whether that yeah. should happen. I'll show you the email after the pod. That sounds cryptic. Yeah. No, Stay I, off a of fucking unicycle, no, KFC. I, I, I have ideas. Stay off your unicycle. I, I, I don't, don't I take I, Instagram I don't photos with no hands. All right, uh, coming up, Katie Nolan a little bit right after this. All right, before we get to Katie, you uh, you could probably tell from my Instagram, I've been trying to stay clean shaven, had a beard for a while, wasn't feeling it anymore. Every now and then, like right now, I'll go a few days without shaving. And then I realize I look, I look terrible. I got to shave again. <laughs> and you know what happens? I smooth my stubble away with the Gillette Fusion Pro Shield. You know I love Gillette. I've been using it my whole life. They're based in Boston. They've been in my life almost as long as my parents. Their craftsmanship is unbeatable and the Gillette Fusion Pro Shield, a perfect example, moves to the shape of your face to get virtually every hair. There's even a precision trimmer on the back that's perfect for those hard to reach areas. And now with Gillette On Demand, you can go online and subscribe to have your favorite blades like the Fusion Pro Shield delivered directly to your door. That way, you're never without a smooth shave when you need one. Right now, you can subscribe to Gillette On Demand. Get $5 off your first order with special offer, Simmons 5, like the number five at checkout. This is a good idea. You should do this. Gillette On Demand, $5 off your first order, Simmons 5. Enjoy free shipping. Enjoy every fourth order free with that subscription. God, we're just giving you stuff. Visit Gillette online at GilletteOnDemand.com to get started. And if you're a dude, you probably shave. Why wouldn't you do this? All right, let's talk to Katie. Katie Dolan's here. It's, we're taping this on a Friday afternoon, LA time, but I think it's running a little bit later than that. 
What do you mean? It's going to run like, I don't know, Tuesday. Oh. Wednesday, something like that. Just whenever you feel like it. Just any given. When I need a guest. Wednesday. Yeah. Right. I already did all my pods this week. Oh. Well, I'm you push your oven slept in four days. We have to figure <laughs> out how to edit it, make it seem like you're not tired. Yeah, make me sound smart. You literally haven't slept in four days? No, not literally. We could be literal. So two Monday night, something went wrong with our show at eleven PM. Yeah. For Wednesday. So I stayed at the office till five fixing it. And then the get up crew came in. While I was still there. Really? Uh, yeah, which was You should have just gone on and been like just in sweatpants. I thought about, I wanted to go to their morning meeting. Be like, I have thoughts, but I'm sure <laughs> they wouldn't have listened anyway. So I went home. Uh, and then the next night, probably three hours and the night after that, like two. So I would imagine those morning meetings for the morning shows have to be one of the saddest, most uncaffeinated places you could be. It was so weird. Everybody's focus just has to be waiting for the coffee to kick in. Because I'm not a morning person. Me so neither. I don't know if there are people who are like, I'm ready to go for a 5 a.m. meeting. But I that I couldn't picture it. And when I saw them all walk in, I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought it would be. It was a lot of like, ugh. Yeah, I can tell you're not a morning person because I'm on West Coast time and you're tweeting at times when I'm about to fall mm -hmm. asleep. Yeah. There's tweets like at 1148 Pacific time. Yeah. And, and that's you're just early up doing me. stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're watching TV. Yeah. Playing video games. Mm -hmm. Fortnite. Mm -hmm. But you, yeah, I heard Stephanie told me I you play have the, the most controversial Fortnite thing. Yeah. You play like the, the elementary school Fortnite. It's not elementary school. There it are statistically is. more children that play Battle Royale, which is the one that you've, can we well, say my, you play it or you you've have played it? You're good now? No, I'm... Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. I have too. no Twitch reflexes left. No, I play it all the time because my kids play it. See? And elementary school version. Yeah, but yeah. we play Battle Royale. Yeah. It's Royale, but it's- Battle Royale. You got it. You got it. Um, yeah, I play Save the World, which is like the bigger campaign where like if you do well, you get stuff for that and then you can do better the next. It's like a, it's all about personal growth as opposed to just- Just like Hunger Games. Yeah. There's only going to be one of us left yes. at the end of this. Right. And it's Save like the teamwork. It's co-op. We could do squads. Yeah, you could. I don't have friend. Yeah, I don't have friends that play video games. That's baloney. I I personally know like two people who play video games all the time that you know. But I play PlayStation, and I imagine do they have Xbox? Like Most nobody plays on PlayStation. PlayStation, are they? Everybody yeah. I've ever talked to has Xbox. I'm pro PlayStation, anti Xbox. Is Fortnite? Do you get obsessed with video games, or was this like a unique thing? Uh, I would say I never. So, I mean, I'm kind of an obsessive person in general. When I do something, I like to do it a lot. Yeah. That's why I never tried, you know, heroin. Um, but <laughs> yet. Yet. But uh, no, when I didn't have a job or anything to do for a couple months, yeah. I, I started playing video games, got really into Uncharted. And then that is I don't done. know what Uncharted is. It's not. I don't do the online version. Fortnite's the first game I played the online version of anything with, where you have to play with other real people elsewhere in the world. That was more of like a campaign game. I used to be one of the great video gamers of all time. Oh, really? During the early days of, of, of video games. Yeah, way back in television, uh -huh. Atari, Nintendo, Tecmo. And Atari. Finally stopped about, I don't know, 15 years ago. It's wrong and, time. Wrong time to but stop. But then now my kids are into it. And the Fortnite thing, and I got sucked back in. I've spent a little too much time this summer. How is your? Fortnite. How are your kids? My kids are ten and thirteen. So we have a God, really, thirteen-year-old girl. Oof! You met. You probably met her when she was like, I don't know, eight, seven. Yeah, yeah, seven, something like that. So yeah, I just I, on my podcast last week, I did a parent quarter about that. My wife versus my daughter is now the next seven years of my life. 
Seven's a low number, right? Even seven's next, low. Like, Ten years of your life. It's just and nephew Kyle's gets involved too. It's just it's the little pettiest, dumbest, small start, and then it snowballs into something major. Yeah, and it's just amazing to watch. What about your son? My son's he's great. is he still a crazy person? My son's great. Is he more crazy? Less crazy? Uh, what do you think, Kyle? Tone the line. Yeah. yeah. He's a, he's right now he's a good kind of crazy. Okay. But he's definitely also the spend the potential of the spending seven years in college and running the <laughs> frat, but then getting kicked out and having yep. to live off campus yeah, and yeah. finish somewhere else is awesome in play. But he's yeah, like the it's Van good. Wilder. You want to get to the point with kids where you can travel with them and it's actually fun, which I think I'm at the point with each. They're old enough now. Yeah. That seems Come back to about Boston, right. give them an iPad. You just want to get out of there. But when you go back to the morning person thing. I was the same way. I was a night owl, night person. But when you have a kid, it's, yeah. you have no choice. You From become, what I've heard. It's like Stockholm syndrome. You yeah. just get And does that in. stay? Like, did you, are you now he, more he, of a morning person because yeah. you had to do that for so long? He, I don't feel like, in my heart, I don't feel like I am. Yeah, but, but I feel like you are. So you you were unemployed or you were, you were between employments. Yes, I was fun employed in You're, that you collect a check, but you can't do anything. I wish I knew what that was like. Oh wait! You, oh yeah! yeah. I was like, I was, you, you, yeah. That was the last four months of my uh, ESPN life. Uh huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually really liked it. Four months. You had a. You knew when it was going to be over. Yeah, I was right? trying to do my next job. Yeah, find I my next job. I didn't have a end point. It felt kind of indefinite. So, I didn't love it. The first few months were really fun. I went on vacation. I learned how to like relax instead of work all the time. Where'd you go on vacation? What'd you uh, do? I went to. Um, Turks and Caicos for like longer than you should go to Turks and Caicos because there's really not as much to do as than just like sit on the beach. Did you watch like tourist rom-coms to get ready to film your own <laughs> rom-com? Like how Stella got her groove back, all this type of. Did they, where'd they go when Stella got her groove I back? I think they went to Jamaica, didn't they? Probably. Tay Diggs. It was a good film. There's a lot of tourist rom-coms. I didn't watch any of them. Okay. I read books. You read books. Mm. Turks and Caicos reading books. Yep. Trying to just like keep my brain active. But yeah. then after a couple months of not working, I started to kind of go crazy. So I don't blame I played, you. Then I played video games. Well, you're used to having a platform. I'm used to working used to all hours of the day. stuff out and content yeah. and doing things and right. thinking about content. Yeah. So it was hard to then feel like I existed off. if there was nothing being made. I felt I was in that hamster wheel. And then when I got suspended and all of a sudden, like I literally couldn't come to work. And yeah. And then when I found out they weren't paying me for two weeks, I'm like, well, I'm not working. And I was like, oh, what do I do? I'll go to the movies today. I'm going to go play golf. It was kind of cool. It was fun for two weeks. I By wish the I was third week, I was bored. I wish I was good at golf. I'm not good at golf. I'm, I was no, but anyway. I'm, I'm like not even playable at yeah. golf. And I get frustrated if I start to play and it goes poorly because I don't like being really bad at something. Yeah. And so then I just get frustrated the whole day. And the whole point of golf is to kind of just enjoy it and relax. That sounds like my son. Oh, My God. son's one of those things where it's he, he's either good at it or he hates it. Yep. Oh, it's kind of like me. Wait, yeah. Did you have temper tantrums as a kid? And me? No. no. Yes, of course I did. Th- okay. Yeah. 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 My son has to be good at something or else he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to learn how to be good at something. I don't mind learning. I don't like if it's something that I can't learn. Like it's if I identify, like you've told me this same thing every time and it's not, I still don't get it. It's not helping me. Then I just get frustrated. Do you play sports? Do you I do mean, stuff? I played, I played softball when I was a kid. Like that was my thing. Um, 
And then I was, I danced captain of my dance team. But like, I don't. Oh, you danced? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes, you did. Well, if I did, I forgot it. Oh, that's fine. That's more honest. Yeah, I was, that was always going to be my thing. I was going to be a dancer. I was a rhythmic gymnast. You knew I all do of knew this. that. I yeah. remember that. So that that's was the, my. How thing. is dancing the same as rhythmic? Rhythm, rhythm, say, rhythm, rhythm. say it. Yeah. Rhythmic uh, gymnastics. Rhythmic gymnastics. Rhythmic. It's like rhythm. Rhythmic. Rhythmic. Uh, it's it's dance based because you're not allowed to do any flips and stuff. It's not gymnastics. You're not allowed to do flips. Yeah. So if you do a flip, they get mad. Like you get, you do, get your a, score you gets get docked. A penalty. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sounds like you're a sports mad. movie. Someone does a flip anyway to right, and then maybe fight the, the rules. Maybe rhythmic gymnastics would have its renaissance. You know, it's like what a would big happen? Moment. What would happen if you did rhythmic gymnastics? It's really right? he's really struggling with it's the word Boston rhythmic thing. Rhythm, rhythmic <laughs> gymnastics. <laughs> What would happen if you did that right now? Um, would you be like half decent? I'd be better than you. Right. But I don't, I mean, it's now become a sport about like body contortion. Like if you've ever watched it in the Olympics, the girls do these crazy back bends and legs over their head. and Oh, like stuff in a horror movie when somebody's possessed by Satan exactly. and their body's going backwards. And they're like joints bent. Like my, yeah. my joints still do weird things. Ooh. I know. Her right elbow just kind of... It just go. It overextends. Yeah. And my, my legs, I still have some of the flexibility because they train you like crazy for that sport and they 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 tear your muscles so that when they heal, they reheal longer. I don't know the science behind that. I just know it's what we were told you mean as it kids. Natu- it naturally tears. Yeah. Well, so they'll put your the heel of your leg on, the, on a chair and then the rest of your leg in a split behind you on the ground. Yeah. And they'll sit on you so that you're... But to, it's not a good visual, but you're like this. And then they try to push your torso down into the ground. So it uh. tears your, what is that? Your quad? What's the one on the back? This doesn't sound legal. It I, probably isn't, but you know, it was the wild west back then. There were no rules. Yeah. Fortunately, so my legs are rules. still, I can still do the kicks and stuff. It's just not as useful. Yeah. That sounds horrible. Yeah. How many people can make the rhythmic gymnastics team? You did it. Or Olympic. On the Olympics. Really good. Thank you. Um, I actually don't know. There's group and there's individual. Group. Yeah. So I did group, even though I wanted to do individual. It's four people. I think now they might do five, but it was four. Mm-hmm. And then now they can. you can do multi. Nobody cares about any of this, so we can move on. But you can do multi-apparatus. I think it's fascinating. So there's hoop, Multi-apparatus. So there's hoop, ball, ribbon, clubs. Clubs? Yeah. They're the bane of my existence. And ball and floor. So there's six... Not nunchucks. Nunchucks is one. <laughs> Essentially, of them. clubs. Yeah, are nunchucks. But now you can do like a routine where three of the girls have a hoop and two of them have a ribbon, and then you it's, it gives you all these opportunities to do cool stuff. Is there video of you on the internet doing this? I don't know if it's on the internet yet, but the video does exist. It might. Your parents just have to be in your corner and not. There's also leak something it out. weird about sharing videos of you as a child in a in a leotard that I'm like, I don't know if I want that on the internet, just because I, I don't want the weird. That I feel like I would, would say ensue. you one hundred percent don't want. Yeah, that. if I did, if it was a sport, I did wearing pants. I wouldn't be embarrassed to show it. But it's yeah. like that's my little childhood butt, and I don't think the world needs to see it. So the last time we did this was, I don't know, it was a probably winter two thousand fifteen, something like that. It's hard to picture it being winter. I, it because was in it my was guest house, hot, but it's I get we're in LA, so it might. Have I been. didn't have the office yet. It was uh, you came to my yes. house, yeah, and um. You were debating whether you're going to move to L.A. Yeah. 
When was it that? It seemed like, it, I'm, I'm going to say it was like December 2015, somewhere in there. You were one of the first 20 pods I did when I relaunched the feed. And you were thinking You're about welcome. moving out to LA. I've been quote unquote thinking about moving to LA for yeah. like five years. Right. Yeah. But that time it really seemed like you were kind of, I could tell you were looking around. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what's this neighborhood? Anyt- anybody's like, what's this neighborhood? Like, that's not a question you ask unless you're actually thinking of Because there's so many neighborhoods right. here. It's and I don't understand which ones are the good ones and which ones you're not supposed to move to or which ones are, oh, you live there? Ew. Right. That was cool five years ago. I don't get any of that. I still don't get it. And I've been here since 2002. I thought I got a hotel close to here and I'm, it was, took me 45 minutes to get here. Oh, seriously? Yeah, I don't know. Why didn't you ask us what I, hotel? Because like, you're busy. What, what, <laughs> if there's hey, text Bill, me, be like, what, what hotel, hotel should I stay at? And I would text you back. You should stay in this neighborhood. I'm in Marina Del Rey. It's oh, Jesus. Not close. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone's faces in the room just went, what? Oh, no. I don't know. That's where the NBA teams put put their teams for the night when they don't want them to go out in LA. They put them in Marina Del Rey at but the Ritz But it's so pretty. There. There's so many boats. I know. And the NBA players don't get into trouble there because there's nothing to do. That's why I'm there. That's Staying why you're there? Out of trouble. ESPN put you in Marina Del Rey? I picked it. They didn't want you in Hollywood. I don't, I don't know. It is nice anything. over there, I will say. It's relaxing. There's a nice yeah. breeze off the water. You know like who's it. in kind of that area is Loyola Marymount. Oh, the the college, which is one of the many reasons why I don't understand why they're not an awesome yeah. basketball program. Because when you go there, you're like, wow, there's a college here with a Division One basketball team. Yeah, and DNA, this should work. Um, so you never moved here. No, it almost happened though, right? Mm-hmm. You were gonna come here. Mm-hmm. You were gonna do like a daily nighttime something. And day, then it was gonna be daytime. Daytime. It yeah. was gonna be every day. Yep. So what happened? Um, well, so the me moving to LA thing has been a question since forever ago because everyone's based out here. And so it's always been a, if I have to, have to, have to, I would have done it. But I always wanted to make sure before I did it, that all the ducks were in a row, that everything made sense, that I wasn't just going to give up the, I don't know, like the gambling chip that I have of like, oh, I live in New York and I like it here. I like being separate, which I know you can understand being separate from the behemoth that you work for. So uh, after we did Garbage Time at the Super Bowl, um, was that 52 that we won? 51? 51. Which one of the five that we won? Hold on. <laughs> the, 36, uh, the overtime. 39. I think yeah. it was 51. Yeah. Right? Seattle? No. No, Atlanta. Yeah. The last one. That was 51. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so after that, like we didn't know that was going to be essentially our last show. Then we were going to have conversations about moving me out there and doing a daily live show. But a lot of things went wrong at the Super Bowl show that I had specifically said, all I care about is like these three things. And they were like, totally. And then they didn't care. Uh, So I just started to get really skeptical of like moving out here before I knew exactly on paper, like what's happening, what's what the standard is. Yeah. So I was like, I'll come out here for the summer or whatever that was, like March, and we can develop a show. And then if we develop a show that we like, I'll stay. I'll sign a deal and I'll stay because I was still under contract. So I was like, I'll sign a, sign a new deal. And they were like, we want you to sign a new deal and then move out here and then we'll develop it. And that didn't make any sense to me because if we didn't develop something that I liked, that would have been stuck. And so I don't know if it was the right decision, but it just didn't feel right to me to, to move and put that much faith in something when I just put faith in it at the Super Bowl and it didn't work out. So I decided to not do that. 
What didn't work out at the Super Bowl? I don't remember. I remember it being unhappy, but I don't remember the reasons. Um, the big one was we made it into a panel show. So it was going to be me and three other hosts. And we had, it was kind of a headache booking the hosts. Yeah. And I had made it a point that, you know, a lot of shows on FS1 at the time were just the same show, but shuffling chairs. Yeah. So it just always felt like it was the same talent, but one was hosting this time. And then these ones were the panel. And I didn't want it to be me. And a bunch of FS1 talent. Not that I didn't like them. You just um, didn't want it to seem like, every, to feel other like every other show. Network. Right. Because we were always so different. And I knew we had to change a little because we were going to be an hour every day. But I didn't want it to look that much the same. So I was like, Nick Wright, who I love, like he can be on our show. And I want the two other seats to be other people. So I went and got Sarah Tiana. Yeah. Who I found through your podcast, I think. It's probably yeah. the first I'd heard of her. And I wanted her. So I got her. She's a Falcons fan. So that worked out. So it was her and Nick Wright. And then we were going to rotate that other seat because we couldn't get somebody. And the day of or the night before our first show, they said whoever they had booked, quote unquote, uh, missed his flight. And so it's going to be Chris Carter, Nick Wright and Sarah Tiana. And I knew they were launching a Chris Carter, Nick Wright vehicle soon. And I knew that they wanted to use our show to be like, look at the two of them together. Look at the chemistry. And I, I love both of them, but I didn't want our show to be used for that. And so we did a show with Chris Carter and Chris Carter didn't know me yet. And so he didn't really know the vibe of me and my show. And so you could tell he felt like when he was trying to talk and I would interject, he gave me kind of a look of like, excuse me, I'm talking right now, which is fair Ooh. because that's what he, that's the kind of programming he's on where it's like you talk for a long time and then this person talks and then you give it back to the host who moves on to the next thing. And so it was kind of, we got into this fight about Spygate. You did? so Is this stupid. on the internet? Yeah. Oh, I got to watch this. But like, I wasn't prepared to go down that road. And, but I also couldn't let somebody sit next to me on my show and be like, the Patriots cheated and blah, blah, blah. So I, we got into it. And I know afterwards he was like, I'm never doing that show again. Like, why did you put me on this to the Fox people? We've since made up and now I would call him a very good friend, but I, I said to them when we going in, I'm like, he it, it's nothing against him personally. It's that he it's the vibe of our show. He doesn't I don't think he'll more importantly, get it you or defended care. Spygate, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Because people seem to think we taped the practices yes, back then. I know. It's this whole it's, it's there's become no an room urban legend. No one has room in their brains to remember the details. So they just boil it down to like They the, tape practices. Yeah. Yeah, we probably did something that wasn't legal, but we didn't take. But practices. it wasn't as illegal as all the other stuff. We find our way around the rules that exist. I will say we, that we have now said we. Well, and we're us, on the team. Uh, yeah, the players you, change, you but we be. stay the same. That's <laughs> true. Um, Goodell definitely destroyed a lot of boxes with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Which was always that is shady. Even as a pass fan, I'm like, I'm glad that stuff's gone, but that's weird that he's destroying really all this weird. stuff. Why are you doing that? What was in the tapes? Really weird. We'll never know. Um, Someday I think we'll know. I don't know. It would be cool if Goodell did a tell-all or like an oral history of his commissionership once I, it's over. He's When's it going to be over, though? He's <laughs> such a robot. I don't know if it ever happens. But maybe he's just a robot because the paycheck. Even like we're taping this on a Friday. The night before he did that football dot is dot back dot tweet and it's like are you like an american who's lived here forever and knows like how to use grammar like what's going on uh, how is that where you landed with your getting everyone fired up for football tweet 
because I don't know how long it lasts. I hope it's not much longer, but him versus Trump, who that. goes first? Ooh, hmm. I think Adele outlasts Trump. I think so too. I hope so. I don't actually even know. I can't. When they re-signed Goodell, I was stupefied. I was like, really? He's getting an extension? He's just had the worst five-year run I've ever seen in my life for any commissioner. But I think it makes sense because his job is just to take the heat off of the owners. And he does a very good job of that. If everybody hates Goodell, he's doing his job. Where did you stand on uh, Mr. Garoppolo? You're going to get me fired, aren't you? No. Um, uh, Where do I stand on him in what sense? Like him leaving? Him leaving. Did you like him? Were you ready to move on as your second quarterback mm-hmm. husband after Brady like I was? Never. I was already I grooming mean, him to be my my second quarterback. Absolutely. I'm always looking at the second guy as like, could I do it? And he was probably the first time I felt like, yeah, okay. Um, but I I don't know. I he, Tom's getting old. Tom is getting old. But he doesn't look like he's getting old. No, he looks great. So it's really hard to predict if them getting rid of him. I didn't know if I was supposed to be angry or if I'm supposed to do what I always do, which is, you know, in Bill We Trust. And so I was excited. And I'm still kind of excited to see how he does in San Francisco. And I still think we'll figure something out. But I feel less sure than I'd like to, I guess. Did you think less or more of him when, when he compared himself to Vince from Entourage <laughs> and compared his friends to the to the friends from of Vince? I think that um, my stance on our quarterback and any quarterback that was ours is like, I don't have to l- like you as a person. Yeah. Not in the, in a, like if they do some shit, like bad, yeah. actual bad things. Bad that's football different. stuff. But if they do like... If Jimmy Garoppolo is an airhead, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, like I don't, if, if Tom Brady is, is weird and not that smart outside of football, I'm okay with that. I like that he's getting weird. Yeah. Well, no, I just say he's kept it interesting because if he's going to keep playing. Yeah. The weirdness, as long as it's not too weird. But I, I, I always thought he was like this football robot, but now. He clearly wants to show and prove something else. And I don't even think he knows what it is. I don't but think he needs to, He's though. pursuing this ideal of how long you can push the limits of the human body uh-huh. and dieting and sleep. And he he clearly wants us to believe in him and follow him. But none of us would ever live our lives that way. Never. It's kind of adorable. I love nightshades. I don't even know what nightshades are, but he doesn't eat them. And I don't like giving up any kind of food. He doesn't really seem to need anything. He doesn't drink coffee, I don't think. Well, that's right there is a deal breaker. It's weird. He's weird. What do you think about Guerrero? I'm, I have complicated thoughts. As do I. It does seem like, I was looking at it this way. If five years ago we found out the worst about whatever it is, whether you're talking about Alex Guerrero or whatever else, and I saw you and neither of us were surprised at all, that's probably a bad sign. So like if they came out that Alex Guerrero was PD patient X for like 20 football players. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, what the fuck? I, I can't like, I'd be like, oh, oh no. all right. What do we do now? I, I'm not stunned. I mean, I'm not saying he did or he didn't, but it just seems like he's so involved in pushing the limits of the human body. We've mm. seen this go wrong so many different times in the past in sports mm-hmm. that my guard is just up all the time now. You're, you're never sneaking one by me with PDs again. Oh, yeah? It's never happening. Not going to sneak one past no, Simmons. not anymore. Nope. 
Not after Manny. Manny was the last time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because Manny, oh. my my argument was that he was always just too stupid to do steroids. Like, Because if you do steroids, you have to buy them. You have to put the needle in them. You have to figure out where to put them in your body. Bill is make, actually pretending sure he's mimicking putting yeah, a needle mimicking in his butt right now. I just think that that's good content. I need to let the people yeah, know. Yeah, I wish we were being videotaped. Um, <laughs> but there's a relative... You have to follow instructions. Manny, oh, yeah. You've got, like, if you miss one at a time, you one, you're, you're screwed kind of screwed. Yeah. And Manny was the great point. He was this guy by all accounts that would leave paychecks for $300,000 in like his glove compartment for three years. <laughs> and it just seemed improbable to me. He was going to also do steroids. Yeah. And then he gets caught taking this female, whatever the fem- the the thing, it's estrogen that knocks down because you have all this other stuff in your system oh, yeah, and you yeah. need to bring your hormones back the other way. Right. And there's no reason for a man to take that really ever. Right. So after that, my guards, my guards up. All right. I'll never trust anyone again, Katie. Oh no. All Not of with Manny. PDs. All because of Manny. Anytime. So anytime there's a situation where we're going, I can't believe he's still doing this or how is he doing this at his age or any of that. I um, might just, it's like a trigger warning now. I saw a, this is rec- reckless speculation, and I'm not saying anything, oh. but I saw a video of Julian Edelman the other day. His face looks weird. I thought it was- um, You got worried. I thought it was uh, like Botox. Oh. But somebody that I was with was like, because he's on steroids. I'm like, all right, you hate the Patriots. We get it. <laughs> but his, he's, he had like a little bit, like his cheeks were puffy, and he has like a line down his- I'm not saying Think anything. he's doing like fillers? I don't know. Everybody he is, is now. the models. Everybody is putting th- things in their face. And I feel like, ugh. It's gonna I can't ha- wait it's- till you come back in nine years in the pod and you've just. And I've got like. Big ass cheeks. Oh, yeah. It's scary. Big chin. It's just more common than I thought it was in this industry. It seems pretty easy. I've had people in like makeup say, you know, you could fix that if you just pop in and see a doctor and get little fillers. I'm like, what? Fix what? I have. Um, You're like, what's wrong with I, me? No, I know what's wrong. I have big dark circles under my eyes. But they're like, that's just because if you got a little bit of filler next to your nose, like that seems risky. You do that once, you've got to keep doing that for the rest of your life. It's like when you're a little girl and you shave your legs for the first time. My mom gave me the speech of you better be ready to do this every day for the rest of your life because once you start, you can't stop. Yeah. There's so I should give that speech to my daughter yeah. soon? Well, maybe just have your wife do it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out <laughs> on all yeah. hygiene, hygiene conversations. Yeah, let her deal with that. Really? The makeup artist talked about yeah, talked I mean, about the dark circles? But it wasn't even in a negative way. She was being supportive of this will make your life easier. But I was like, oh, God, we've reached that point now where I have to actually start thinking about doing that. Jalen was telling me how they're doing post-game on Countdown this year. Oh, yeah. And I remember when I did the Countdown. You, you loved it so much. I liked the first year. Um, <laughs> you'd get the makeup pretty much an hour before it started. Mm-hmm. So let's say we came on for the pregame at like four. So you get it at three, but then it was a double header and we would stay all the way through the halftime of the second game, which was about, I don't know, nine o'clock. So we'd make up on for like six solid hours. And I honestly felt like it was killing me by like the fifth really? hour. You and poor I thing. I don't understand how women just do it every day. Because we have to, because you make us. I felt like the skin was like, I felt like my face was just dying by hour five. Like yeah. it wasn't breathing. I was like, my eyes were getting red. You like feel a pimple coming in somewhere. Just, you just know you're clogging a pore. It's just, yeah, it's just burning my eyes. And now they have to go all the way through the second halftime to the post game, mm-hmm. which is now 
eight straight hours of not only having makeup on, but like the other thing when you do those shows, you, you know, you have your TV personality, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, you do your show, you did your first show last week, you have an audience. Yep. There's like that 20 minutes before you're getting fired up. And you have to the stay high there. energy the whole yeah. time and the smile on your face. Good mood. I'm a good mood, And Katie. then once it's hey. over, I'm like, leave me alone for yeah. 35 minutes. I need to sit in a corner in silence. Right. Yeah. You just crash. Yes. That's why they always said Letterman was always in a funk for 23 hours. And then he'd do a show. Yeah. Yeah. Then he's out and he's You only have mess. so much energy and you just got to save it. So you have this, the, the double header countdown. You have to have that energy from the pregame. You're eating. That's the other thing. When you eat, when you're doing TV, like, like Magic and those guys, they would have like, you know, like two plates of whatever we had. And then they would go out and be able to turn it on. Yeah, I don't. And I would be like, I would eat. I would be in a coma like at halftime. halftime. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've always been impressed by Beads was, Beads was the craziest I've ever worked with at that. Where Beads would be like, the camera's about to come on. Boom. Yeah. She became like TV superhero person. Bill Wolf called her a um, universal donor for chemistry. And I was like, that's the most accurate description. Yeah. I feel like you can put her on TV with anybody. She just she lights helps, up. She helps it. Yeah. I don't think you could put her on with anybody and it would make it worse. She talks to the crew. Yeah. The crew's in a better mood. Yeah. And she's just, it's like this on off switch. Right. And I was always jealous of that because I, I was the opposite. I had to like, by the time we're like, at that second half time, I'm like, to me. I'm like, can we get coffee? You just said coffee an hour ago. Is there more coffee? Is there soda, candy, anything? I'm I've tired. heard, uh, is Jalen still doing Get Up then too? The next, I should know that I work there. But You're if in he the does building like with those night, people. <laughs> if he does a night thing, a I double header and an after show, that's a tough. I think they're going to do the thing where he does weekends, countdown. And, and then, then when the playoffs, days, when the playoffs probably, starts, he's probably not on get up. He's probably sense. countdown. But I've point. heard he, uh, heard a rumor about him. Yeah. And I love him very much that he sometimes keeps his makeup on after he leaves work. Oh, that's not a rumor. Oh, that's like a known thing. I didn't know yeah. if it was a no. Okay. Yeah. We I think go, it's hilarious because I, I can totally agree. Like I can see why that, why he would do that. Cause I think for men, you don't wear makeup obviously for the most part. Uh, and I think once you see yourself with makeup, you're like, oh, I could look like this all the time. It must be hard to then go back to having just a face. I have stories about this, to be honest. What? So we were in Miami, I think, for um, the 13 finals. And we did the show and then we went out. And I was like, Jay, he just looked very like sparkly. I'm like, did you keep your makeup on? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, why wouldn't I? Exactly. Like, he was like, I, I look good right now. I think it's logical. Fast forward to, oh, we no. did a show, and then I had like a school event after or something. Kept the makeup on. Yeah. And people were like, I, I felt like a million bucks. They probably were like, hey, you look man, great. great. You've been drinking a lot so of water? So skinny. Yeah, you're yeah. glowing. Are you pregnant? Yeah. Thank you. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, makeup makes a friend. Yeah, it just also is a foe because you have to- Well, because it- makes it, you it, feel like you're dying all the time. It kills you. Yeah, it hurts. It murders you. So when you were getting back in the swing, you did your first show for the for the ESPN OTT. Yes. Um, Called Always Late, which I think is accurate. How many I was people in the studio? Uh, I think we had an audience of 20. Oh, it sounded like more than that. Yeah, it did. They made it sound big. Yeah. I mean, our producers were in there too. Um, but yeah, I think it's like 20 people. They're in a weird spot. We're still trying to figure that out. They're not, they're like on the right of one of the cameras. So it's tough to address them 
Yeah. Especially if I'm on mic on camera too. I'm faced away from them. So we're trying to figure out. What if you had them in harnesses being lowered from the, the ceiling? Best, I think like, that's the best option. Like skylights. I think maybe we'll try that Not next skylights, week. like chandeliers. Yeah. I'm going to try to up the budget of the show a little, see if we can yeah. get some, some harnesses. The set looked fancy. It was fancy. It was fancier than I thought it was going to be. It's big. It's the get up set. We just have a corner of it. So was it um, hard to get in the flow back of just, we're a minute away from doing a show now and there's people staring at me and I have to be energy and I'm the anchor of this? It was. I think because so much went wrong right before, I almost, it was almost a good thing I didn't have time to sit and realize that I hadn't done this in a while. The first take we did, something went wrong. So luckily we had to start it over. But when I said, hello, welcome to Always Late, I started to choke up because I was like, oh my God, I haven't done this in so long. And now there's a real audience. It's my show. Uh oh! And you so started I started to, to freak out. So I got. I started to like that tear up. That would awesome if you started just sobbing. I, I almost <laughs> did. And then I start. I like. <laughs> I like took a moment. I like breathed. Then I started the thing. And then a graphic thing messed up. And they're like, "Stop down. We got to start over." And I was uh, like, "Oh no. thank God! Oh thank God!" So I didn't. I didn't cry like a loser the second time. Oh, so you get to stop and start. That, yeah. We try not to, but first show, um, a bunch went wrong. So we had to do that a couple times. So the audience, I felt terrible. They made them get there way too early. Mm. And then they they had to stay through the whole taping, which was probably like an hour and a half. So That's I, not bad. Yeah. Maybe, I'm sure, maybe I'm sure it was the highlight of their week. I don't know. Might have been. Did you go and shake hands with everybody after? Well, so we were Shoot high fives we like had, Jay Leno. We had a hard out. We didn't think we were going to hit because it was so far away from when we were supposed to start taping. Yeah, and so they kicked everybody out the second we were done. So I didn't shake anybody's hand. That was it. But I will someday. How is that complex? Um, it's good. I like it. The seaport. It's nice because, at least as of right now, no one really goes down there in the city, so it's yeah. not super crowded. So you know the commute isn't too bad. Um, it's a, it's a nice office space. There's two studios. The second one I think is either about to be finished or just finished. That's where first take is going to be. And, uh, I think around the horn. So it's, it's a nice place. And there's a lot of, is there an people. oxygen chamber for Stephen A? <laughs> he has to replenish his oxygen. That man is always working. I'm all in on Stephen A. He I've defended there, him multiple times the past month. He is there a lot. That dude goes from two hours on live TV doing three-minute monologues back and forth with Max Kellerman on 40 different sports topics and then goes right to a radio show and talks by himself for another two hours. It's fascinating. I don't know how the fuck he does that. I don't know how he does it either. And then you'll hear randomly throughout the day yelling and it's, and it's because him. someone's in his office rolling on him on their phone for social yeah. and he just has to give a quick opinion on something and he you never hear him like start and then go, can we start over? He just goes then the social person leaves and he's right back to whatever he was working on. He didn't like me the first few years we kind of crossed paths because I had made jokes and columns about, you him. know, writing his quote. Like he did a couple NBA drafts and any quote I had from him, I would just put it all caps and stuff like that. And then so he uh, notices those things, you think? I think he does. Okay. Um, Good to know. But um, I think one of the finals, he read my book. That's and nice. anytime I ran into him, he was always kind of, you know, I was like, hey, whatever. Uh, hey, how you doing, man? Um, and then this one time, he was looking at me with this big smile and face, like, hey, man, I read your book. And after that, we were great. It was like this whole new Stephen A that I didn't know existed. Huh. And he was like a really good hang. And they loves, I love anyone who loves basketball. That's really my starting point. Yeah. 
if if you like genuinely love the NBA, I can figure out a way to talk myself into all human beings. Right. Anyone. I don't really anybody. There's like a name I, that comes to mind. I don't agree. I don't think you could, but I we can off pod that. No, if Trump was like No, that's not, not who I was thinking of. I don't think he likes basketball. <laughs> no, but if Trump was like doesn't seem like his sport. If Trump was like reasons. Here are all my thoughts about the Showtime Lakers and Kareem. And like he had these hardcore basketball takes. I would be like. You could talk to him. I'd be like, ah, you know, Trump, you know, (laughs) maybe get to get get to know him a little bit more. He did love the 80s. How did you know Stephen A didn't like you? Because I I need to know the cues. Because I don't know if he does or doesn't. He's very nice to me. He always is like, if you ever need anything. But I also feel like that's partially what you do when you're the face of the network. You tell um, the new people if they need anything to let you know. But if he I just ever becomes did more anything, gregarious. Okay. He's very gregarious with me. Yeah, that's good. That means okay. he likes you. All right, good. Yeah. Great. He is, uh, he could be on, t- he could have his own channel and just do 24 straight hours. I feel like that's the goal. I'm like you. After I'm done with stuff, I just, I need to go in a corner. And, I genuinely yeah. don't like anyone to talk to me for at least 30 minutes. We did that courtside show and I always had to talk to people on the court and try to like yeah. be like kind of really on for an hour and your brain's moving. You're trying to figure out how can I get the best possible question answered. And even after that, after like 50 minutes, I didn't want to do anything. It's a lot. Yeah. I'm very envious of all the people who have the motor. So you stayed in New York, mm-hmm. but you're a Boston fan. This is no, a I'm big a New York fan now. No, this is a big red flag. What? For, I don't like that you're so happy living there when that is like our arch enemy. I'm not in every sport. It's not that I'm happy no, living there. No, it is. You like New York, just admit better it. than L.A. No, but you like New York better you, than L.A. You no, you like New York. No, I you don't like even know there. that. I don't. I don't. You enjoy living in New York. I don't leave you like my Yankee house. hats. I don't. Yes, I love Yankee hats. You like They're seeing my the Yankee fa- hats. I love a pinstripe. No, I hate it, but I don't leave my house. I work and then I go home and I work and I go home. So it really doesn't matter to me where I live. What matters is like the vibe of the people, not what they're fans of, but that they're fans. I think there are probably more active, passionate sports fans in New York than L.A. Being around a bunch of people. Yeah. Being around a bunch of people that don't really even care that sports are on the type of people that would say. Oh, it's the NBA Finals? Like, it's tough to be around an atmosphere like that. And I think that's what L.A. is. And I would no, pick New York that's over stereotype. that. Is it? The Laker fans are legit. And we're going to see it, unfortunately, now that LeBron's here. Right. They're going to be crawling out of, the out of the woodwork like termites. Exactly. It's like when the summer comes and there's like, what's that? Is that a bug? And then there's like 130 <laughs> of them. That's the Laker fans with LeBron. Well, and there's also, they're not, it's two very different vibes. A stressed out, constantly anxious person like myself fits in New York. Yeah. Where everything's go, go, go. I would like to be more chill like the people in LA, but I'm 31. I know me at this point. I don't think barring some huge life-changing event, I'm going to turn into a person that just wants to chill and like go to the beach, man, and work. What's work even about? And that's what LA is. So I don't fit in that way either. It's like a stereotype. You're like a stereotype. It's true though. Rifle right now, just firing bullets. It's true. LA is... Everybody leaves Very work early in LA because because LA is already three hours behind New York. And so when people in New York leave, there's less to do in LA. True. So they all leave at like four or five. I wouldn't know what to do if I left work at four or five. I get there at noon. Well, you don't wake up until 1130 a.m. Until noon. <laughs> Quick break to talk about my bookie. People always ask me for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. 
if they had asked me last week, I would, they would have done really well. I was, I nailed last week. Sometimes I don't know who's going to win, but if you think, you know, you got to check out my bookie. I always tell my people to bet with my bookie, your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. Great reviews online, mobile site, easy to use in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So lay down some gash, win big today. You win, they pay. They're slammed with new betters. They want to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play and deposits over $100. Join now. My bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code Bill Simmons. When creating your account to climb up to 1,000 in free play, that is M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Don't forget to use my promo code, Bill Simmons, when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Can we get back to the part where you just work and don't leave your house? Why? That seems kind of weird. It's, it is. I don't know. Um, what do you, what's going on with you? What do you mean? Well, why don't you leave your house? Why don't you go do stuff? You because have friends. I know some of your friends. I have some friends, but I also- Why aren't you I out? Have... Are you like afraid to go out? <laughs> yes, I'm just scared of- You scared of humans? No, I just, if I spend all day working on something, it's kind of like the thing we were just talking about. I only have so much energy to be on. And a lot of times if I go out- People expect you to be TV catering on? to be on? like, oh, talk about this, make jokes, dance, clown. And then I just don't, I just want to sit. And have a beer. And then you don't want to be that person that's like, can we not do this right now? But you're like a stiff, you're on your phone. She's nothing like she is on TV. And it's like, no, I am. I just can only be that for so many hours. Doesn't sound like you are like you are on TV though. I am. I am. It's just like the, the, to be that way in a stressful situation and hosting your own show, as you know, is a stressful situation. It's awful. Because there's no panelist or something you can turn to to help you in a moment when something's going wrong or when... You don't have it. You can lean on your co-host. I don't have that. And so. Do you want nephew Kyle? He'll be the co-host. Okay. He'll move. He likes New York City. You're going to have to wear real pants, not sweatpants. These are not sweatpants. Oh, they look like sweatpants. They're khaki pants. Oh, I'm sorry. I like that. That's fair. I'm really sorry. It's off the table. I I apologize. Okay, he's out. I'm out. He's out now. He doesn't want to co-host anymore because of his pants. Do you want to hear about nephew Kyle's dating situation? No. I sure do. It's Friday. So are we on or off this week, Kyle? We're on. I'm taking her to do her driver's test when Wait, I leave here. What? Oh, it's back on. <laughs> How old is she? He, he, she's 22. She's oh, okay. Yeah, like taking her to do her driver's test. Felt thing. like we were going down a weird road. No. Pun intended. They started dating in April and over the last six months have gotten back together and broken up, I think, 230 no. times. Yeah. How old are you? 24. Oh. 24. To be young again. Yeah. How'd you meet her? Uh, my favorite bar. Dark room. The old, Melrose. The old way. Cool, yeah. the old-fashioned way. The old-fashioned yeah. bar. Yeah. Yeah. So that my whole family's involved. Like, there's a lot of judging going on. Okay, now I just pity you, because why is everybody so involved in your dating okay, life? You haven't met my daughter. Mm. My daughter's involved in everyone's life. She's the nosiest person ever. Well, duh. She, plus, like, social media, you can kind of follow what's going mm. on. Mm-hmm. You know? So they give you notes? Uh, uh, more like comments. Comments. Notes. Oh, yeah, okay. throwaway comments. So we we're like so, so we're on this week. Uh, we're on, yeah. But he didn't say that I confidently. It feels like they might be about to be. They're on the precipice of being off. Here are my thoughts on love, Katie Nolan. If you have to work on it constantly all the time yeah. to make it work, <laughs> it's probably not going to work. Well, okay, but yes, but it does take some work. And there are a it lot does. of people that think it's supposed to just click and be magic and perfect 
all the time right away. And that's not true. Right. So like when you hit 25 and you get into those roadblocks where you guys keep breaking up, you start to learn that, oh, this isn't a breakup. It's what we call a fight. And you can get through it and stay together without going through a big breakup. I'm diagnosing your relationship. It's not a breakup if you just don't talk for 24 hours, right? Because that's my move. Oh, yeah, well, he that's got, he still does not a disappearance. great move. Okay, so you just ghost your own girlfriend. No, she tells for, me to like leave and never talk to her again. And I'm like, I'll give us 24 hours, see oh, what happens. Man. Yeah, see? She it's, sounds like me. It's rocky. Yeah. It's rocky. Volatile. I feel like it's like a football offense. If <laughs> How, Bill? You can try <laughs> to Go ahead and expound on that. You can try to talk yourself into Nathan Peterman. All you want, oh you can get him the toys and receivers, and but ultimately, if you're struggling to score points, there's something wrong. That was a stretch of a metaphor, but Thank I'll you. support it. It's Thank your podcast. You. But you have Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He's just going. Whatever yeah. receiver works and it's flowing. Yeah. It's probably a good thing. So your take there is Tom Brady better than Nathan Peterman. Yes. Yeah, strong. That's one of my, one of my many takes. It's a good take. You're, you're, you had a long relationship, but you, have, you haven't had one for... No, I do. I do have one. You have one now. Yes. Is it the same one from before? It's another one. God, no, no, no. So you're in another relationship. So that's why you don't go out. Yeah. You just work and you're in a relationship. Yeah, because I don't have to. You have to when you aren't in a relationship. You don't when you are. Was it hard to meet somebody when you were more recognizable? Uh, well, funny story. Um, I met him through work. So. Yes, because when we did work together, it was like, oh, this is I can't tell if it's just because you're really good at producing the stuff that I do and anticipating my needs and understanding my voice and helping me be better, like at being me. I can't tell if it's because you're really good at your job or if this is actually a or we thing. have a little like, chemistry. Yeah. Thing. So that was tough. Oh, so this is like a rom-com. It is like a Netflix isn't. movie. It isn't. It isn't. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, she's the wacky host of a sports show and she can't keep her life together keep, and he's the one who who does. I keep forgetting that love. you, people listen to your podcast. Yeah. What does that so mean? So we'll leave it there <laughs> because. You don't think it sounds like a Netflix movie? No, it does. I'm saying like expounding upon my love life. I know I'm going to hear about it from people that don't listen to the things I do, but listen. Oh, I heard you on the Bill Simmons podcast. By the way, that's the number one thing when people recognize me. Yeah. They're like, I heard you on the Bill Simmons podcast. It's the only thing anyone ever says. You haven't even been on in like two years. I know, but that's how they either found me or whatever. Well, it's we had a great first one. The Bill Simmons podcast, always. We What's had a wrong? great first pod. What was wrong with the second one? Well, I'm just saying the first one because we had like, there was a little backstory of people yeah. didn't know that you almost came to Grantland. Right. And it's a good what if. It was a good what if. And then. And now you're working with hey, Jacoby anyway. ESPN, kind which of. is what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. You ended up at ESPN. I got there. Thanks. Ironically, we had a meeting, me, you, and Connor Shell. Mm-hmm. In like Was 2014. There? Yeah. I introduced you to Connor. Uh-huh. And now he's the one who hired you. I, extra ironically is that was right next to the office that I was had been working out of before I went to Seaport. Yeah. Because that was at the what was the name of that restaurant? It was right next to their their <coughs> Columbus Circle office. It's my fault. I I'd fucked up because you were doing those guyism videos and I didn't realize. Yeah. I was working too hard. Yeah, you didn't uh you didn't do it. I didn't realize there was some Boston fan who was doing funny stuff on the internet that should have been working for Grantland and I missed it. And mm-hmm. then you were on that Regis show and I was like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. She's wait, she's a Pats fan? Mm-hmm. But now Jacoby helped launch our show. He I know. Like, helps run our show. So I know. And you moved That's back good. to New York with three kids. Uh-huh. Which he Instagrams. Mm-hmm. They're pain in the butt from what I've heard, but they're really cute pains in the butt. So 
I mean, he had three kids all under the age of three. It's a lot. Which is like... It's not not something I would do, but I also... Uh, I, I don't encourage it for any human I don't, being. I don't either, but I do support, you know, Jacoby and his lovely family. It is one of those things, like you read the stories of when people are like trapped in a well and they just got to figure out how to get out of there and make it work. That's what it's like to have three kids and two of them being twins like that. You just got to like get Ugh. through the two years somehow. And part and of it is probably by taking on another show and having to stay at work really late because that's when our schedule is. So he probably was you think like, he oh, was this is nice. That? I don't know. I, I don't know if it was the reason, but I can imagine he's like, this is a good excuse. Katie's on her phone right no, now. No, I just realized that he sent me an email and told me to say something to you and I want to get it perfectly. Who's he? Uh, Jacoby. Oh, I thought it was the new boyfriend. I was excited. Oh, God, no. Tell Bill I said I hope he gets herpes. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I promise. That's word for word. Does he, is he back in the flow in New York? Jacoby? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. He missed New York. I loved having him here, but ultimately I think New York is where he belongs. Yeah, I don't There's I don't a seediness to New York that he, yeah. that he just That's embraces. He'll end up at a Turkish bathhouse at like three in the morning <laughs> one night. <laughs> yeah, the other night we launched our show and we're all in the conference room, like waiting to have a postmortem and Jacoby wasn't there yet. And so I said, Somebody go get beers because we just need to drink a couple beers because I think we're all on edge. So we went, got beers, came back, and Jacoby comes in and then goes, oh, why'd you guys buy beers? I reserved a room across the street at a bar, food, drinks for us to celebrate the launch. Yeah. And I said, why didn't you tell Classic him? Classic Jacoby. You didn't tell a single person that you did that. So we bought like two thirties, but yeah. now we have nowhere to, we're going to put them in Stephen A's mini fridge in his office. There's yeah. nowhere to put them. And he said, well, I didn't know if it was going to go well. And if it didn't go well, I didn't want to have to hang out with you all after. <laughs> I was like, okay, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> That's a classic Jacoby. All three perfect of those sense. things, not telling people, reserving the room. Like the nicest thing not sure. ever to do, yeah. but to never even mention it or want credit for it until after. And then now it kind of actually complicated things because we had beer. What was your goal with structuring the show? What did you want to do? How did uh, you want it to stand out? I wanted it to be a late night show for sports. And that's really all we had as our guiding principle. Um, we played around with a lot of different things, kind of like we did with Garbage Time. But I knew this time we had the ability to actually get an audience and because we had an actual studio, whereas Garbage yeah. Time was the corner of a hallway. Uh, so I just wanted to... Garbage Time was stunningly cheap. It was incredibly I cheap. I remember I came to see you like May 2016 or something. And and you were up in our podcast studio, which was vast compared to the actual television studio. That I think we I was used. in the other one too. Maybe it was earlier than that. I saw both. Yeah, it's small. We had yeah. one camera. You had to lock it. I couldn't That's that move. cheapskate Michael Davies. <laughs> he's, he's, he, knows, right. he knows how to make a, a lot with a, with a little. Cheapo. Yeah. Cheap English But it guy. is, it feels like everybody's kind of trending that way now. Yeah. I, that we do... NBA Desktop, which has been very popular for, very for Jason. Very great show. Shout out to Jason. Where do you see that studio? It's, it's about, a studio. I thought I just thought it was the, the office. No, it's basically like that corner right yeah. there, but with some posters. It's up. like garbage time. Yeah. But you guys also embrace that. We tried to make a TV show. Well, you're trying, the OTT app is trying to be a TV network. Yeah, essentially. I, I mean, I told them to treat it like it's a TV show, even though it's should. not. Just treat it like a TV show. The tough thing and this is boring corporate talk, but the tough thing is that we're not under the original content side. We're under the digital side in the yeah. org chart. And so we don't have, I know Wild's just left, but like those people weren't over us. I mean, they're over us in the company, but they're not monitoring us and guiding us. 
we have digital people. So it's you, tough to make like a show yeah. without people who are like, here's how to time out your rundown. Here's how to, you know, do this and other TV stuff that I don't know because I came up in a weird way. You're right. That was born in Corp Talk. Yeah, whatever. You at least at least you advertised it correctly. <sighs> whatever, Bill. The, the digital stuff, though. <laughs> your show has to look like a TV show. Yeah. I think the mistake some people make with internet shows, which we try not to do, is uh, they make TV shows that are just for the internet. Yeah. Like if somebody's watching it on your phone, who cares? They, they, I don't care that you spent all this money to make a set look nice. And I don't you know? need graphics. Yeah, I don't need like a lot fancy of- fancy graphics. Like just catch my attention immediately. Yeah. And it took us a while to kind of figure that out. I'm not yeah. saying we've even figured it out, but at least the stuff we try to do now is internet stuff. And if we do the bigger stuff- you know, like we do the Game of Thrones post-game show. Like yeah. that has to look like a TV show. Right. That can't be like in the corner. How much of the stuff that The Ringer makes are you seeing and helping develop and approving? And how much are you just like, I hired the right people. I let them do their thing. A mix. Ultimately, you want people that are doing their own thing and bring it to you when it's in good shape. And yeah. then you can help it go from the 10-yard line to the end zone. What's your title here? My title? Yeah. CEO. CEO. Boss. Founder. Founder. Well, that's obvious. That doesn't really mean anything. That just meant something happened. It doesn't mean you're doing anything current. You can found something. You're not Founder. doing anything. Founder is a good one. Um, now, the thing we have here is we want people to feel like if they have an idea, it might happen. Because once you get to that spot, you're people, empowered to make people think differently. They think like, oh, that there's no ceiling on this idea and maybe this could happen. And the people that tend to succeed with us are the people that have ideas. How do you tell people their ideas are bad without making them upset? You do it. This is the lesson I need to learn. <laughs> you do it diplomatically. How? It's really hard. I remember when I was working for Jimmy's show, we would be sitting around the table for two hours pitching ideas for act one. And somebody would have an idea and there would just be silence and he would just be on his computer and his, his tactic was just to ignore the idea. Like it never, Ooh, it smart. just immediately That's died. Smart. And then if he liked something, his head would pop up or he'd laugh and he'd be like, huh. oh, he likes that one. Huh. So it was like, he was never rejecting it, but if he had no reaction, it was its own form of rejection. Yeah. That's I'm really not as smart. good at that. No, I could see that I could do. What I have a hard time doing is being like an active part of the meeting and someone pitching an idea that they think is hilarious and looking him in the eye and being like, Somebody did that three years ago. That's not funny. Yeah. Because then you see them go, oh, they get dejected. And then you know they're really not going to toss out another idea because you've now demotivated them. But the thing what you've created or you're trying to create is you want people to have ideas, but their feelings aren't going to get hurt. if the, It's like what Jacoby always says, the no, no bad ideas in a brainstorm. He says that every second. And he always says it right before he, he says a really it. bad idea. Yeah. He goes, I have an idea. And again, no bad ideas in a brainstorm. And it's like, Jacoby, we get it. But then he always says the best idea after he says no bad ideas. And when he comes in and says, I have a great idea, it's never a good idea. It's very right. strange. Yeah. When he He's believes in man. his idea, I'm like, that doesn't work. And then when he says, this is a bad idea, but... Like, we started that. at Grantland, we would have these kind of, these big round tables with everybody had to bring one idea. And sometimes we'd have like, all right, move, Oscars are coming up. We're going to have a smaller pop culture group. But then sometimes we'd have like a giant idea summit. Like how many people? A summit. We, yeah. That means it's got to be like 50 plus people. At Grantland, it was like basically everybody we had in a the summit. office. And everybody had to bring an idea. And one of the cool things was, was literally everybody. So like the intern the assistant copy editor, 
um, a podcast producer, everybody had to have one idea and we'd go around the table. And what was interesting is some people would have really that one good idea that you would never expect. Yeah. So then when we came to the ringer and we're trying to figure out what to do with that, we went even bigger and we have these groups and it's like six people in a group. They come up with their best ideas, but then it gets fed into a larger thing. And then we have a big summit huh. and you just never know. Yeah. The thing is, if if you spend that time and you can come up with five, six, seven ideas that we can actually do stuff with, mm. that's a, a win. If we go, if you go seven for 300, which sounds terrible, right? That's the yeah, worst thing actually... You get seven ideas. Yeah. So, you know, you it's just- It's all about sample size. It's all about, you got to create an environment where people feel like they can have ideas and it's not a bad thing if it doesn't work. It's still a good idea. It just didn't work for what we're trying to do. Yeah, but I'm working we, on it. We had the best ideas meeting. I mean, I've been in better ones since, but we had one for Grantland. In the 2014, we had an NBA meeting. We had all the best NBA people there. And it was like, we had like a murderer's row. And uh, we just had this awesome four hour meeting and everybody went around the room and there was like little like ego stuff going on because we had different people doing well. And it was just, I was like, this is it. This is where we want to be. We, we had like so many good things come out of that. So we've tried to recreate that here. That's cool. In bigger ways. Yeah. I like the big ideas meeting. My advice That's would be. Fine. We have that every week though. My advice would be like, you never want to say that idea sucked. What were you thinking? Oh, okay. Oh my God. Oh. You're a moron. Oh. Okay. So don't say those things. Did we sign you to a long contract or can we get rid of you this week? I wouldn't say that. I'll avoid it. How many shows are you doing? I think the other day I heard the number 40, which feels like a lot, but here we go. One a week for 40 straight weeks? <laughs> I think so. Are you going to have I guests? Think, so I think. I'm trying to avoid making the same mistakes that I made on Garbage Time. And on Garbage Time, we had a lot of trouble booking guests because we did not have a dedicated booker. And we built the show around having a guest segment. And so when we came into doing Always Late, and I noticed that our guest booker books for Get Up and a oh, bunch of those other shows, that if we, they were to do a car wash, those shows are all at like 7 a.m., 9 a.m. So we would be like, you could get this guest but he's already been on these two shows on your network and you have to come in at 10 a.m. to do it and mm. you get him for 20 minutes. And so I, I looked into the future and saw a world where we were always extending our day by coming in early to get a guest that's already been used on two other shows. And I didn't love that. And so my, I told us, like the staff, let's develop a show that does not need a guest. Yeah. And then when we can get a great guest... Let's make sure we have a way to fit that into. Fine, I'll fucking do it. Just ask me. I'm, just I didn't want, ask. I was going to end on that. No, just, I didn't. I'll do it. I'm, it's fine. You're never in New York. I am. I'm actually coming in October. I'm very what, excited. When in October? Um, well, I'm not, I'm not telling America. No, oh, I'm coming you, in October. Okay. I'm going to just. I'm coming October, back a lot. I don't know if you know, but the Celtics 1st. are really good. I'm, I'm coming back now? East Coast a lot. So October 1st, I'm putting my calendar. Bill is Bill may coming. Come. To, may come now. You just said you're coming. I didn't tell you what week. My God. Yeah. You are the, the best I, and the worst at this. I want to come to the seaport. Then I don't. Are you allowed? I'm more than allowed. Everybody I've ever had a problem with is gone, except for maybe like one or two. I can think of level. one or two that isn't. Yeah. But the people running it now, I get along with. Yeah. Yeah. What do, do you, you know? Do you know Jimmy P? I do. Jimmy he P tried yet? to hire me twice at Yahoo. Really? Yeah. I huh. like Jimmy P. He was a Yahoo? God, I should know His more best about friend's him. Mike O'Malley, the world's uh, celebrity really? Boston fan. Yeah. 
His best friend? That's his best friend. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, like the, isn't, didn't he host Guts? Yeah. yeah. That's right. That was your generation. Yes. I'm I know him younger as, than you. I know him as the Rick. Okay. Those ESPN things. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's in, he's a good guy. I didn't Connor's know a good guy. Connor's a great guy. Connor and I did a lot of shit together once upon a time. Burke and you guys Magnus. are good. Connor and I are really good. Okay. Yeah. I don't Burke know. Burke Magnus and I. I've met him uh, twice. Holy Cross. I met him in the in the cafeteria at Bristol once. And then I met him. I went to, uh, was it SummerSlam? Yeah, SummerSlam. And I was in line at the beer thing, buying two beers for myself. And I felt somebody looking over my shoulder when I was signing my credit card thing. I was like, oh, it's going to be a fan. And he said, Katie Nolan. I turned around and I was like, hey, Burke. I'm just yeah. holding two gigantic beers <laughs> on my way down to... Seems like a nice guy. Holy Cross. That's really all that matters to you, isn't it? I just like, yeah, Holy Cross. Like, oh, what's he like? I don't know, but Holy Cross. Guys from Holy Cross. What, they like sports, they know about? how to drink. Holy Cross. Good hangs. So simple. That's what we that's what we so do in our simple. school. Yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't have any bitterness with the ESPN thing anymore. So I, I haven't for a while. It was like one of those really bad, bad, bad breakups. Yeah, yeah. You lit the bridge on fire. Well, the Bridge was poorly constructed. It was covered in gasoline. The bridge was already, poorly constructed. But you lit it on fire. The bridge was poorly constructed. Yes. But so it's good now. There's it's a fine. new bridge or it's... I don't care. I don't I honestly don't care. Okay. I'm totally happy. I loved how it worked out. Yeah, I mean it's not like it didn't work out for you. It's You're fine. fine. It's great. I great. love who I work with. I'm happy for uh for whatever direction ESPN's going. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's good. Who cares? It's good. Let it all out. The thing out. is, when you get older, you're like, who fucking cares? Why did I care so much? You cared so much, though. I did. I cared too much. Yeah, you don't get to now say, who cares? Because, like, you I did. I cared too much. Like, when we couldn't hire you, I was so mad and so upset at so many people. And now I look back, I'm like, why did I care? Just move on to the next one. We were doing great. You were doing great. But I was like, what the fuck? We had this. So, yeah. I yeah. think I just got a little caught up in stuff. That's fair. It happens. happens to the best of us. It happens. So, you can come to Seaport, then. But yeah. don't do that thing where well, you're it's like, it's not like I'm Hannibal maybe, Lecter. They're no, going to wheel me in on a fucking stretcher with a metal mask on. You can't do the thing you did with garbage time where you were like, maybe I'll come, maybe I won't. Okay, I can come, but I can only come for five minutes. You got to like, we're a real show now. Why are you giving me that? Look? First of all, I went all the way across New York City, and what a what a and I had all these freaking meetings that day and did. made it work. And how dare you? It was funny. It was good. We had you reading off a teleprompter, which was actually just a laptop. Yeah, that's right. It was a laptop. Oh, my God. It was so low budget. But everybody there, I don't know if it was clear, was freaking out because all those, you know, they're all just dudes that love Bill Simmons. So many dudes love Bill Simmons. Number one question everybody asks me. So what's Bill Simmons like? That can't be the. He's a dickhead. That can't in a million years be the number one question everyone asks. Everybody wants to know what you're like. Like, don't you listen to him talk for hours haven't you done that for years? You know exactly what he's like. You know, it's funny. I was joking with you about how we were going to have our sellout morning show someday. Oh, yeah. And then ESPN actually made the sellout morning oh show. God. We didn't invite us. Get Up was our show. That was our show. Wow. What were they doing? We could have we been joked the about it for three and, years. The Regis and Kathy Lee. We're so ready to do that show with you. Oh, boy. We would have done it totally different than how Get Up is. I, I, yes. There would have been coffee. The first 15 minutes would have been have about how desk. tired we were. Yeah, no we guess. Would, we would have sat. Super tired. Yeah, we would have sat at chairs, but no desk because there's no desk. Regis and Kathy Lee didn't have a desk. They would have said like, 
why are you guys and they would have been in our ears like why aren't you talking about the Philly Atlanta game because we would have been talking about the half and half in the commissary that yep. just would have been yep. then we go to a break they would have been mad yeah hey maybe someday maybe someday <laughs> I don't know if I could wear makeup I don't know if I could do mornings I don't know if I could keep doing this podcast because it's like a 130 degrees, degrees in, in here. here. Yeah, the problem with I this room. I see you tried because you've got one of those fans that makes no noise. Why is this one it? makes a ton of noise? Which that that's a Dyson, right? And it's supposed to make no noise. How many minutes are we at? Oh, oh great! We, did we can it. wrap it up. I thought that was Anything like twenty-five. Did we talk else? about my show enough? Yeah, it's on Wednesdays. It's on the OTT app called ESPN Plus. I went, I went to find PM. it. You click on the ESPN OTT thing, yeah. which you now get if you have ESPN Insider. Which is nice, huh? You click the watch, which is a TV screen. Yeah. All these shows come up. Yeah. And very clearly it says, always late with Katie Nolan. That's me. Why is it 32 minutes? So that was an accident. We didn't okay. time our show properly. but it. How many minutes should not, it be? It's going to be 22 to 28, yeah, I, I was going to say, you it's realize like you can do that. like 24 Yeah, we can get away with less. Minutes. It's actually harder for me to make less content than it is to make more. But we didn't get to rehearse that show because of things. And so watching it back, I'm like, could have cut that, could have shortened that, could have done that. So, you know, show number one, I feel okay with how it went. Have you been on every ESPN talking head show? I haven't been on First Take. I haven't been on Get Up. I haven't been on, that might be it. No, I haven't been on Around the Horn. Because really? they've asked me, but I said, I don't think it, I don't think I fit in Around the Horn. Because if I'm next to somebody and they like even just digitally next to somebody and they say something stupid, I want to be able to say, are you kidding? Make fun like, and them. talk about it instead of having to then go to me for my prepackage. I don't have good takes. Like, well, uh, I, I disagree. Really like I the- heard you on sports radio once and I thought you were actually a natural sports what radio sports person. sports radio did you, you, you were. It was like two years ago. You were on some weird, fo- it was like Fox Sports Radio or what radio yeah, show would you have been on? Yeah, why did you listen to that? Because it was it on my night. satellite. There was one night it where like on. me and Chris was Carlin like, hosted like, yeah, a radio show together. I have, I don't even, I forgot about it till you just brought it up. I don't even remember where that came from. I have they a weird a story. I was something. driving home from here and the radio was on. I was like, that lady sounds like Katie. And then what? I was like, that lady really sounds Why like Katie. I don't know if it was that? on. I listen to what? sports radio when I drive. I like hearing the dumb I know, takes. But what are the odds that you heard? That's really weird. I've done sports radio one time. You were good at it. Thank you. We talked about people not tipping. I remember that. Not And then tipping? a guy called in and called me the C word. No. Yeah. That happened? And I had to, I was like, sorry to the radio station. I bring that out of people. What was your take on tipping, just out of curiosity? um, Well, that you should do it. The guy who called in said that you shouldn't have to. And I was like, that's just, that doesn't make any, like you're not understanding how the industry works. Well, we both are former service industry graduates. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. Very pro-tipping. I I judge people when they don't tip. And I'm not saying you got to leave 50% and like show everybody how much money you make. But if you're not going to tip and the person didn't do anything terrible, it's just like, ew. Where do you stand on takeout tipping? I do it because I, I make too, more I money than minority. I ever planned on making in my yeah. life. And it makes me feel selfish to not leave $5. Right. I don't know that I'd go 20% if I'm picking up a huge order and I, right. and I, it doesn't seem to make any sense, but yeah, I tip, but I don't know that you have to. I just remember when I was a hostess and I would have to put in the takeout orders. If somebody left a tip, it was like the highlight of my day. So I like to be the highlight of people's days. I remember when I was bartending, there were these two people that would come in and they would just always tip like 75%. And I would see these two and I would get so freaking happy. Like, oh, these guys, I love these guys. That's and they great. just kind of got it. There's the thing with, especially if you're in the whole world, 
Um, and then you go in other bars and all the waiters and bartenders like are tipping each other like crazy because yeah. you like get caught up in it. That's what you should you turn do. Turn into like a Goodfellas character. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, twenty. I'm starting at 20%. Me too. And but, then okay, I'm happy to get average Americans. No, I just, I was like this when I was not making any money. Yeah. I just feel like uh, it starts at 20%. It unless also depends, they fuck it up. If you're doing takeout, not even pickup, like literally takeout, like you walk into the bar, you sit at the bar, you order takeout. If you're taking up a seat, you need to be tipping because yes. if you're not drinking a beer and somebody could be sitting there and drinking a beer, you owe money to that bartender. That's what do you think I about the it. new thing with where you sign on the screen? And they turn the thing around. Oh, yeah. And I they're kind of staring at you. And it's yeah. like $1, $2, $3 or more. And the, play, the reason you know I don't they're like gonna that. You know they're going to look at it. Yeah. The reason I don't like that is because they do it at places like there's a place called. It's got a big sign outside of it that says tacos versus burritos. But I know that's not what it's called. I think it's called like Aluchadoras or whatever. Right yeah. by work. And they do it there. It's like a Chipotle, essentially. And they turn the thing around. And I'm like, do Just I pressure tip you? I, yeah. This doesn't feel like a. And then my brain's then like, but you're the you. person who says you're supposed to tip all the time. So I'm like, well, I guess I should, but it's yeah. a weird precedent to set. Because I don't know if they're getting paid like waitresses. I don't think they are because it's a different type of industry. I, I don't know. I forgot to ask you. $3. What? What's it like to be a woman in sports media? <laughs> well, we don't have time now. This pod's running over, but it's great. I think we've now, you've asked me every single time we've done something together. But it's been like a running joke. What it's like to be a woman. People actually media. ask you that though. Jesus and Miro asked me my first time. And no, I looked, they didn't. I looked at them and I said, are you seriously going to ask me what it's like to be a woman? It's like I gave them shit. And then I immediately felt bad because you could tell that somebody else told them to ask it. And they were uh, like, I don't know. We didn't know what else to ask you. So I was like, that's fair. That's fair. I'm really sorry. I think it's come, even in the time I met you, it's it's come a long way where it would, it would sound weird to ask that in 2014, but now it sounds super weird. Yeah. So there's a lot of women doing well in sports media. Yeah. Nobody even thinks about. Doris made the Hall of Fame. Last. Oh God, that was big. Doris oh, is God. the best basketball analyst we have in America. She's the. She's just the best. Have you hung out with her? No, I haven't met her yet. You haven't met Doris? Mm -mm, no, I don't know if I'm ready to. I want to be a better, more impressive person before I meet Doris. You ever have that with people? I'm sure you don't. Um, <laughs> where what you're do you like, mean? I don't want to meet anyone until I am a person they would be interested in knowing. Like I met Joan Rivers and I'm glad now that it happened because obviously she passed away, but I met her and I'm like, man, I wish I met you if I, once I got to a like place. Like eight years from now. Yeah, yeah. Where you could go, oh, I may have seen a thing you did once and I like it or I don't like it either way. But this was just, I was just a random person. I think you're overthinking the Doris thing. Doris is cool. I know she's you just cool. Just go, go hang out with Doris. I'll get, maybe I can get Cassidy to introduce me. I, I was, did that with Berman. What, that you wanted to like impress him when you met him? No, I, I had a couple different chances to meet him and I was like, you know what? It's, it doesn't feel right yet. Yeah. And then at the 2013 ESPYs, which would be the greatest oral history of all time, um, Berman was there and I was like, I'm feeling good. I, I've been on TV shows. 30 for 30 is going great. I got Grantland. Like, it's time. I'm going to go meet Berman. And, uh, and he really appreciated it. Oh, And I was just like, sweet. hey, man, I really appreciate you're one of the founding fathers um, just thanks for everything you did. I love working at ESPN and I know you're a big part of it. So thanks. Then we, then we talked for 20 minutes. He's like six, five. Really? Yeah. He's giant. He's a wow. giant dude. So he's definitely intimidating to go up to. But anyway, I would encourage you to go up to Doris. I met Bob Lee in a way the that general. I didn't mean to. He, he came into makeup and I was like, Oh, what? I haven't. 
put any thought into what I want to. Yeah. But he's here and I have to. And I, so I just was, I think it was right after the sports semis and he had just won for something. And so yeah. I said, congrats on the win last night. And he said, thanks. And he sat down and I was like, oh, that wasn't, he didn't say any other words. And then he looked over and said, Katie, I didn't even realize that was you. Welcome to the team. And he shook mm. my hand. He was the nicest guy. He just wins an Emmy for being Bob Lee. It's not even a category. Yeah, he should. He just always shows win. up. He and should be like, like the Bob new Lee, Costas. Here's yours. Costas wins one every year. I, f- I think Bob Lee Costas should win one done. every year. Yeah. Is he, he officially done? Seems like he's out at NBC. What's he going to do next? It's tough when you work at a place, and you, but you don't want to do Olympics and football anymore. But the reason you're there is for Olympics and football. Mm. It's not a lot of outs. Hmm. So I don't know. I I'll think have to he's, listen to your podcast. He's probably made a lot of. Does next. Which one? I listen to all of your like, what's going on in sports media podcasts. Oh, the that sports you have reporters. With, yeah, those are. I don't do a lot of those. There's, no, you did one with um recently with somebody. I did one with Jason Gay and Brian Curtis. No, not that one. But I did listen to that one. Like recent, recent. You had somebody on as a guest on, I think, your show. Who was it? I don't know. Jim Miller. It might oh, have Jim, been Miller. Jim Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I listened to that. I was like, oh, interesting. All these things that I. Thought didn't, you knew or you, yeah. things you didn't know. No, they're just, it's interesting to keep a, you know, finger on the pulse. I will say the OTT app is super important for them and should be, and is probably the future of Disney's entire business is merging that with the Netflix movie yeah. model. Which for is a the good Disney thing. Movies. It's a good thing, but it also good makes me nervous. Makes me nervous of like, I, I want to be on a thing that matters to the network, yeah. but I don't want a bunch of people sending me notes about how to change my show because it's important to the network. You know what I mean? I don't it's want a really, bunch of executive It's really eyeballs. difficult to work with. It seems like a recurring theme. What do you mean? How is that difficult? I don't want a person who doesn't understand my show to be like, uh, cut this joke. Just like, let us do our thing. Just trust me. I wish there was more trust in all sports media. Nobody's ever like, go ahead. Like They keep a watchful eye because I say stupid things sometimes. Oh, Shocking. the sports media whatevers? No, the like the bosses in yeah. sports media. Well, like the, the, key the, the key to ESPN is you never want to end up on an email chain that has started be, with like a Richard Deitch link mm-hmm. where it's like, anybody see what Katie said in this whatever? And then it gets forwarded and then it goes and then it starts getting forwarded up. Mm-hmm. And that's where you don't want to be. Second week there, but yes. When I was there, the rule was never say anything that will get you in the sports business journal in a bad way because Bodenheimer read the sports business journal. He was the boss before Skipper, but he read the, every yeah. inch of the sports business journal. And if anything bad about it was in there about ESPN, he'd be like, what's this? What? Like he didn't, he was so high up. He he barely knew what was going on because he was just doing billion dollar deals. Well, that's what's scary now is I feel like Sports Business Journal was at least a trade publication. But now I feel like there's a bunch of websites that exist. This is a hot take. Only because the executives of sports media companies read them to see what's going on. 100%. And a lot of the people who work at those websites aren't. Like distinguished journalists, a lot of them are people that just wanted to talk about what's happening in sports media. And so like executives the, the are, are shockingly reading. bad sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. they're really wrong. And yeah. you never want to be that person that tweets out, hey, you got this wrong. But I read a bunch of articles about me during the time I wasn't working yeah. that were shockingly inaccurate. And it, it you're just kind of like, someone's going to read that and take that as gospel. And that's not fair. Why do you get away with doing that? That's never happened to me. I don't know what that feels like. (laughs) Everything ever written about me was so accurate. It's just it's just frustrating (laughs) to watch people that aren't don't have journalistic ethics covering us and then knowing that our bosses are all reading it. It's like, what? Well, you feed off like the power of, you know, like the higher ups are probably well, you know, one thing that happens, especially the podcasts, they have somebody transcribe the transcripts. Stupid. 
which is so, just if you can't be bothered to listen to the podcast, you don't get to have the information that was divulged. Right now we're in a transcript. Yeah, that's and great. things are being highlighted. I love everyone at ESPN, and I think that they are just um, looking forward to the future. You know, eyes on the prize. So you're at ESPN's Katie Nolan. That's me. You know ES- the ESPN OT app, TT apps, Katie Nolan. I don't know. I ESPN don't OTT. What is it called? The ESPN OTT. ESPN Plus. You keep calling it OTT. I keep calling it they, ESPN Plus. And ESPN you, Plus. It's called ESPN. Are they Plus. cutting stuff out and putting it on Sports Center? What do you mean? Like from are they the cutting show, like from little segments? our show and putting yeah, it on like linear? Yeah, like little two minute things and putting it. I think there's a goal to do that. I don't think there was anything in the first show that warranted it, but I think there's going to hopefully be like cross promotion, you know, on linear. But I don't know. There's also rules about putting something behind a paywall and then giving some of it away. So there's R- only like what a, rules? I think there's like only a certain amount of FCC rules. A certain amount of minutes of con- I don't know. Somebody is paid to know this, and it isn't me. All right. So you're gonna sleep better. No, I'm not. I'm going to try, but I've got a show to make. It's 24 minutes. What should we talk about next week? So by the time people hear this, the show will, will have happened already. I think the thing with sports now is you have to play it by ear with mm. everything. Mm-hmm. Everything is so fast now. There's the so cycle is crazy. Every day. Just moves. I just remembered I had a bunch of words that I asked my staff what I should like. Give me a word and I'll say it in the Bill Simmons podcast. And I didn't say any of them. So just really quick, um, yeah. I had an extraordinary experience here. That, even, oh, extraordinary is a good word. Even though the um, the cooling system in your studio is a little bit dilapidated, um, but it does feel, I like the way it feels like it's really portable, you know, like you could pick up and do this podcast anywhere, um, but the heat is making this an arduous endeavor. Arduous, another mm-hmm. good one. Yeah. Well, we were supposed to be in my office. No, it's perfect. Nephew Kaya is going through all this romantic stuff and the, the board didn't work. Wow, you're letting it come over Yikes. until you're, you're not leaving it at the door when you walk in. Kaya, what are you doing with this girl tonight? Uh, we're going to get her license back. Get it back. It was oh, yeah. taken away. It was. For what? Reckless Things. driving. Reckless driving? That's tough to get charged uh, with. Wet reckless, I guess. Uh, re- reckless driving. Okay. Wet reckless? Is that okay. what you just said? Yeah, it's when you have a good lawyer and you don't get a DUI, I think. Ah, <laughs> it's literally called wet, reckless driving. I know. It sounds like a video or something, right? Wet, Ooh, reckless sa- driving. <laughs> that should have been the title of your show. Wet, wet reckless wet, driving reckless with Katie driving? Nolan. Is she from a rich family? How do you get out of a DUI? You cry, See? I think. Oh, God. Well, that's why it's wet. That makes sense. Ah. This is what sense. you're missing, not living in LA. Yeah, because I take Ubers everywhere and or a subway. I Are you to drinking ask you. kombucha? Disgusting. Yeah. Tommy's very LA Disgusting. Now. I forgot to ask you, how much shit do you get about the Pats these days? Not a lot. Not a lot? No. I'm and maybe I'm just immune to it. It's like, oh cheat the cheater, all that good. stuff has died down. Yeah, New York City, they're not throwing it at you. Well, I think because we just lost a Super Bowl, yeah. that's all they're really talking about right now. And yeah. I I don't really care. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I cared, but I don't I mean it's fine. Why? You wanted me to say I get a ton of shit and then my life is I didn't know. I didn't know. very disappointed when I said it no, was No, I didn't know what it was like in New York. I no, didn't know not. how contentious Again, it is. Again, I don't leave the house, so it's not, not like I walk around wearing a shirt that says Pats every day. You should. I know. You I should at least do it. it on Sundays. Katie, I do. G- good luck with your show. It Thank was you. good to see you again. I'm sorry it's so hot in here. I'm sorry about Kyle. I'll see you in October. Yeah, maybe. Some vague you day might see me in, in October. October. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that'll be a no by next week. Could happen. Yeah, it could. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to check them out at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to The Ringer.com, The Ringer Podcast Network, and The Rewatchables, where you can find the 20th anniversary rounders. Thanks to Gillette. 
Man, I love the Gillette Fusion Pro Shield. They even have a precision trimmer to reach those hard to reach areas, not to mention it moves to the shape of my face to get virtually every hair. With Gillette On Demand, you can go online and subscribe to have your favorite blades like the Fusion Pro Shield delivered directly to your door. Subscribe to Gillette On Demand today. $5 off your first order. All you have to do, special offer code SIMMONS5, like the number five at checkout. Enjoy free shipping. Every fourth order free with subscription. Visit Gillette online at GilletteOnDemand.com. To get started, we'll be back later in the week with more. A lot of good guests this month. We are absolutely overloaded with great guests. I will see you later in the week.